are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. We know life is precious and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, the Chompcast gives you double life experience points. Every show is streaming and downloadable at SwordChomp.com, of course. Uh... Anywhere you get podcasts as well, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. And uh, please subscribe, or if you're on iTunes, head on over, give us a kind five-star rating. It just takes a few seconds, but it, it means the world to us. As well, of course, uh, patreon.com slash swordchomp. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later, how you can become a swordchomp VIP. You know, yesterday I was listening to the Rewatchables film podcast. Uh, and they had legendary director Quentin Tarantino on discussing the Christopher Nolan war epic Dunkirk. Um, this was a war film released in 2017, which is actually kind of early for their podcast to do a rewatchable for it. But Tarantino had uh, specifically requested doing that film um, because it is uh, rewarded through repeat watching. Now, Christopher Nolan, of course, famous for the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Interstellar, almost pretty much a household name at this point. Um, Tarantino said that Dunkirk was essential viewing, his number two film of the last decade, uh, right behind The Social Network. So I ran home, pulled up my Amazon Prime account, ordered Dunkirk, popped open a nice cold Diet Mountain Dew, and had myself a good old anxiety attack. Um, although I, I like I like the term ran home, like anyone actually still runs home anymore. I mean, obviously I drove at a respectful speed, I got home, took my time, got upstairs. That's because you're a coward. <laughs> really, I know I need to really uh, live on the edge. Um, but essential experiences. I went uh, right away and watched it because Tarantino's recommendation was really interesting to me. And that's the topic of the show this week. We put together a list of our essential 16 games we believe you should play or experience in some shape or fashion before you die. And you never know. The world we live in today could be sooner than you might think. Um, so you need to go check out these games as quick as possible. And, uh, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting show for people to get to know us as well, because we had to pick games that mean a lot to us, but we're also fit the bill of something you need to experience before you die. Um, now we also have some lighter fare, of course, to discuss a bunch of the new games we've been playing. We, we can still get to the heart of man eater, uh, the open world shark game. Um, rich regales us with the tale of his time with bug fables. Um, Josh spreads that wildfire. And speaking of spread, our audience tells us the correct way that cum should spill off our lips. All that and more on this week's show. Uh, let's get some intros. Come one, come all. Rich is here, the Rich Meister from New York. Uh, how are you doing, Rich? I'm all right. Just, just all right. Okay. Just, just okay. I had my intro word for you was just, I was just going to go bangerang. When I say bangerang, what does that immediately conjure up in your mind? <laughs> um, you saying something stupid? Bangerang. Oh, come on. You don't, it doesn't mean anything to you? No. Oh. Bangerang was that, is Wasn't awesome. that from Hook? Yeah. It was from Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm, you're expecting me to remember Hook. Like, I've watched Hook every day for the past 10 years. Look, you... I watched Hook somewhat recently with my children, and the reason I was thinking about so it was because... So you have me at a disadvantage. 
I do. I do. But I thought maybe it would be fresher. I thought maybe I was pulling it uh, full circle, as I might say, because in Maneater, you can find that landmark of the alligator from Hook with the giant uh, clock in its I don't know if you know this, but that's actually a Peter Pan thing, not specifically Hook. I know. I know. But. I didn't know that. I'm just going to pretend. Is it really that that exact the al- alligator? The alligator that's eating the clock Most is, it just, is yeah. Oh. It's like a very it's a staple of the Peter Pan story. But the way that statue looked, it felt like it was uh, a nod to Hook. Am I wrong there? It, you're you're probably not wrong, but I haven't seen Hook recently. Okay, okay, all right. Well, I'll take it. And I by re- recently, I mean probably in like a decade. That that is a weird. It's move. basically we do... identical, but I'd have to I'd have to look back to see if it's what I more or less identical uh, to the other iterations. The, so that Arrested Development reference, if you found that landmark, that was is great. a really good one. A lot of Steven Spielberg movies, when I go back and watch them, I like I remember how enchanted I was as a kid, and I'm blown away by the production values. But the actual execution of like the film is generally not great. <laughs> like uh, like Jurassic Park, my favorite movie as a kid. I went back and watched it, and I was like, ah, these special effects are great. This movie kind of sucks. Um, don't tell anyone I, I said that. Don't agree with that. You just said it on a podcast. Don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> don't do it, Josh. If you could increase the volume on just that section, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe put a timestamp for it. Look, I yep. love it. You can you can love bad things. We'll talk about that later. Thanks for being here. I know Rich. you love Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah, you were. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. I, I baited not... you right into that, Rich. I baited you right in. I wasn't. Jokes gonna... on you. I wanted to say it. <laughs> so give me that bait. Uh, thank you for being here, Rich. Of course, and from Japan, joining us, the one and only Shay Layton is here. How are you doing, Shay? Konnichiwa, o genki desu ka? Oh, beautiful. beautiful. That's so true. I love Genki you desu ka? Uh-huh, yeah. Genki desu ka? Moshi Moshi he's Spider-Man he's, Desu. He's, he's really not. What is he saying? Kanashii uh, ne? He? he is he's a sick little boy. <laughs> sick little boy. Sick little boy. I don't know what he's saying, but Josh saying I'm a sick little boy after hearing that has really confused me. Um, Shay... Take it from me, my friend. Uh, I love you very much. And if there's anybody that's mispronouncing things, misspelling things their whole life, it's me. Uh, you know, I am a legend in that regard. Um, but our one poll this week really was our audience. 94% of our audience saying that they spell come, C-U-M. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you were not happy about this. Oh, I, no, I'm, I'm not bothered by it at all. I can understand 94% of people being wrong. And I can also understand 94% of people having grown up in the 2000s seeing come spelled that way, thinking that's correct. So I understand why. But that, that is not the correct. Well, it is correct now, but it is not mm-hmm. the original spelling. So mm-hmm. uh, there are two spellings of it. The original was C-O-M-E. And that is, that is the original. And that's the one I stick with. No one can see Josh. Well, look at it this way, uh, Shay. Mm. It's yeah. It's no, one... no amount of smug moaning, Josh, <laughs> makes that wrong. I really don't. I don't. No, I don't mind. I'm just I'm saying. Not bothered by your if smug that's your, moaning. If that's your point, then we should, we really need to fix an awful lot of pluralizations uh, that we've uh, changed from old English. Hey. Look, 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 look here, man. 
I know the English language is fucked. I have to teach it on a daily basis. I know the amount of shit that is wrong with the English language. Like when someone asks me, hey, what does beat mean? Like we were talking about in the Discord last night. I'm like, there are a thousand definitions for that word. Or, hey, when should we use the? That, that's a fun one to try and explain to people. So, look, I totally So much get. of English is contextualized. Yep. yep. I, I think it's interesting because, like, whether... I don't even, like, whether it's technically right or wrong, I to be honest with you, I don't know. I just knew... I just know that everyone spells it that way, so it's sort of, like, evolved into its own thing, which is interesting. Um I don't even think that you're wrong, Shay. I just don't, I didn't know anyone that spelled it the way you spelled it. So that's why I thought it was interesting. I, you know, I've met plenty of people who spell it that way. But, you know, I think, I think I have the, uh, I have the solution to this. Instead of saying come, I'm going to say ejaculate, but that doesn't quite entirely apply for women all the time. So I'm going to just say orgasm every time. Oh man, this food tastes so good it makes me orgasm instead of makes me cum. And it's just, I'm just gonna make it that way. Like that way there's no it, contextualization errors. Just call it your pleasure geyser. My pleasure geyser exploded. <laughs> uh that makes me want a gusher for some reason. That's really weird. <laughs> you remember those gusher commercials? I know what gushers are. My tube steak again. That wasn't the, the that wasn't the confusion. <laughs> well, it was the commercial when for the gushers where they would just start like erupting. Did you guys know that gogurt is just yogurt? <laughs> <gasps> no. There's, little There's a little bit of go in, in there. Pokemon. Hmm. A little go in your, your Pokemon. Um, speaking of essential games. <laughs> we could have Pokemon what? Go on their, on their list. <laughs> hey, you know what? If someone had Pokemon Go on their essential game later list later, I wouldn't make fun of them. I might not agree with it, but you can make a case. You can make a case. Pokemon you Go could. is one of you them. You absolutely could. You could. But that's that's a conversation we're going to have in about five minutes. Speaking of which, uh, thanks for being here, Shay. Joshua Fowler's here from Michigan, the one and only... Uh, Jimmy Rusla. Josh, do you think I'm a monster? I cook because you're a food expert here of sorts. Um, is it monstrous of me to cook my pizza with the pepperonis under the cheese as opposed to on top of the cheese? No. That's actually probably a better way to do it. Like most pizza places do cheese first and then all the toppings. Mm-hmm. But it's generally not the better way to do it probably cooks better that way i think it depends what you're putting on it like it's it's gonna differ for pizza from pizza to pizza but for the most part cheese on top is probably better because all the fat on there is going to kind of hold everything together so it's not going to get it, it it depends how much liquid you still want on the pizza like how much you want to dry out um oh okay so it's a kind of a texture thing or yeah yeah, it, it depends what, like, you can kind of pick and choose. Like, if you want something to be more crispy, put it on top of the cheese. And if you want it to be less so, like, you don't want it to dry out. Like, for example, olives. No yeah. good on top of the cheese. Under the cheese, they're great. Um, I mean, they're not so bad that I'll pick them off, but they're better under the cheese. Because it keeps yeah, but, all the juices in there. Instead of just... Yeah. Because they're such a soft and yeah. very very liquid filled topping that putting them on top of the pizza just instantly dries them out. You know what I find 
um, that I guess it probably is a testament to that because I found it better with certain toppings like a pepperoni or an olive like that. Mm-hmm. Even with like a an oven cooked frozen pizza, I will take a bag of shredded cheese and add a layer of cheese on top of the toppings before I put it in the oven. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of help do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just a funny conversation my wife have about that too. Yeah, because like you're saying, it just I it's not bad when it's on top, but there's just something to me about like I don't need my pepperonis to be crispy. Like in fact, a lot of people eat pepperonis cold. They're still good cold, mm-hmm. but I like I kind of like them like warm. But like yeah, in it's like a a blanket. Like the cheese makes a nice like top layer of protection. I like to bury everything in there, but it's weird. I don't know. I just didn't know if that was uncommon or strange because, like, I assume most people in most places always go toppings on top of cheese, right? So it's definitely the preferred way for like pizza places. Um, but if I had to guess, that's probably just because it's the order they have everything in. Yeah, you know, sauce then cheese because that's on literally everything, and then they just put you know you go down the line. It's probably for efficiency more than anything. If I had to guess, yeah, um, more so than flavor. Just, you know what's, you know what's just guessing. Crazy, Josh. Speaking of sauce, I think we're gonna get into the sauce today that we're gonna be bringing the fans on the new topic that we're gonna discuss, right, Morgan? The sauce. Yeah. I can't believe the pizza question didn't go through me. Um. <laughs> Look, Rich, I don't want, I'm not stereotyping people, all right? You know, it's... It's not it's a stereotype get... if it's always true. Mm. <laughs> it's, Josh we, we is don't, sort we of... We don't assume everyone from New York is uh, is a Mario American. You never know. I thought I could just throw bangering at him and he would get it. Mm. Um, you know, we need to catch up on your hook. Your hook. Uh, but yeah, I was just trying to go full circle with Maneater, which we'll be talking about too. I, of course, am Morgan here from Montana. Um general mountain time if you're freaky and look yes the the topic this week um and this is one of the things we want to talk about if you are a patron one of our high level tiers allows you to help us select a topic of the show and being a patron also has a lot of incredible perks as well if you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp like our five dollar tier that gets you access to a vip instagram page and our discord uh, among many other incredible tiers and our discord family is so incredible chomp nation is incredible so I can't recommend that enough. Not only do you support us, but you get to meet a lot of incredible people and gamers. So patreon.com slash swordchomp. But the topic this week is about essential games. This was sent in to us from a listener. And this is something we we fought about sort of the... um, I want to explain how we decided to go about this because it's a little unusual. And normally whenever we have our big debate topics... Um, oh, <laughs> thank you, Josh. <laughs> you want to just get that a little closer to the mic, give it a crinkle? <laughs> of, all the, of all the people I would have expected that from, it, it probably would not have been Josh. I'm going to eat some um, sun chips while you talk. Is yeah. that okay? <laughs> I'm only that presumptuous because I know it's my dumb ass who's going to have to edit it out later. Yeah. Well, now we made a joke out of it, so mm-hmm. you can leave it in if you want. Um, True. Anyways, I do want to thank uh, Aaron Marie for sort of inspiring this topic. And look, we normally do like a big list of her game of the year where we fight over a consensus list. And for this consensus list to keep us from fighting, but to also represent our personalities, we wanted to each include four games 
that we would say are essential to experience before you die and then put those all on the list. So we're not really fighting each other to take stuff on or off. It's more, but we all take the question very seriously as far as the four games that we would want people to play and the reason behind those I think is really important too uh, before they die. So you're going to get a little bit of our reflection of our personalities, but you know it's going to go into the hall of uh, forever. And much like me watching Dunkirk last night and being like, wow, this is probably overrated, uh, you're probably going to listen to this podcast and hear our games and play them and then go, man, these guys are crazy. This game isn't that great. <laughs> so that's just the way it goes. But it should still be a lot of fun. Um, but at least you'll be prepared to die. I was prepared to die before we started. <laughs> Not me. I was prepared to die before I had kids, and then it all went downhill, really, I think. <sighs> I remember sitting on a plane. Put a laugh track in there? Yeah. I yeah, sitting, yeah please, because that was... That was... <laughs> That like, was, that was, that was the worst fucking... That way everyone yeah, will know it's supposed to be Can we just go to the topic? Can we just gloss over whatever that was going to be and just go was to the topic? Sad? Was that sad? I, I think it'd be really thing. good if you just hear a laugh track and then we immediately go into the topic. <laughs> That's true. If you ever want to, you know, talk about death, I'm all there for you. Um, okay, so let's jump right into it, though. Apparently no one wants to hear about my sad uh, life and death epiphanies on the Trumpcast. Didn't they already um, let you know that on Twitter? <laughs> No, my Twitter family is very nice to me. Instagram family is very nice to me, too. <laughs> Nicer than you guys. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to it. Uh, let's see here. Um, we'll go round robin, and we'll start with Rich. Uh, um, so should I just be doing one of the ones from my list? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah and I, I'll have a little – I'm going to keep okay. these at about – two minutes a piece or so I have like an invisible timer yeah no but that's, basically that's cool. I want to know like why of course is it is, is important to you that this is something play, besides of course these are games we're all passionate about that's a given yeah um so. but yeah no why okay uh so the first game on my list is Super Mario World um and as per the why uh yeah that's ridiculous you're ridiculous um <laughs> I think Mario is undeniably a touchstone in gaming um, and as far as 2D Marios go, I think Super Mario World is just like a masterclass in that it is infinitely replayable. It everything about the platforming just feels good and tight. The art pops to this day, like wonderfully so. Um, but not to say the like stylized bit uh, graphics of the older Marios uh, of Mario One specifically isn't good. I think Super Mario World just holds up better to any audience. Uh, like, it's very clearly more stylized, as is Mario Bros. 3. Uh, but I just think Mario World is the better game. There's more enemy variants. It is a game I replay at least once a year. Like, I'll just take a day, like, on some vacation time or something, and I can just kind of lose myself in playing that game. Like, it never gets old for me. It it It's such a great yeah. fucking game. I think, I think it's such a good gateway um, into the older systems as well. Like... For the the movement from 2D to 3D with PS1 and N64, uh, you could say Super Mario 64 could also be on that list. But I feel like Super Mario World is just such a good gateway to get into like the Genesis or the SNES or anything before that because it it kind of it still has that um, high fidelity, those high visuals, and then also it integrates that that level of challenge so well um yeah it's just a great gate gateway game in my opinion 
So that one was also on my list. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to argue Super Mario World for sure. Uh, it's understandable. I will say one sad side note is that my, because my kids were raised on the 3D Marios, for some reason, my daughter, who's really good at games, cannot play 2D. I don't get it. She can play the 3D Marios, but there's something about the 2D perspective that fucks with her head. She can't do it. It's really weird. I'm like, what? This is I could see, I could see if you started with 3D, I could totally see it giving you trouble. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, you gotta think, like, one of my fondest memories of, God, this makes me sound like an asshole to say it's fond, is I literally used to get yelled at by my parents as a kid, because me and my sister integrated rules when we were playing the SNES, which was we would play these games on a live-based system, so when I died, she would go, and I beat the entirety of Super Mario Bros. 3 without her getting to go, and then I was never allowed to go first from then on. <laughs> God, you're an animal. Jesus Christ! That's impressive. <laughs> I was eight. Well, to be fair, also with Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers three, there are like obviously ways you can circumvent entire worlds if you know the. Uh, That's true of Mario World. Also, uh, you can get very uh, yes. close to the end very early on. Yeah, you can really? get there in like I think it's like eight minutes. You, you can, can get, get to the final boss. Yeah, you can get to Bowser's castle um, in World One. Jesus, are you serious? That's fucking yeah. crazy. I it's a really know. easy shortcut. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, okay, so that's a good one. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting side note. Watching my daughter struggle with those, I'm like, man, that's all. We, that's what no, we that had. is super interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's just weird social experiments. Uh, Shay, uh, let's hear one from your essential list. Uh, one of mine was no surprise here. It is the Sega Genesis collection on the PS4. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, su- <laughs> I like the PC no surprise version. here. It is final. <laughs> yeah, it is Final Fantasy seven. The original game, uh, not the remake, even though the remake is phenomenal. Uh, the original just again is a gateway into Western RPGs and JRPGs alike. Um, I, I absolutely feel like it is an essentialist experience to have in gaming. Um, the graphics obviously don't hold up nowadays as well, you know, with the whole polygon, uh, snafus that they were having early on trying to figure that stuff out, but just how immersive the world is and, uh, This grandiose story was something that we didn't quite have on that scale in the U.S. market. Obviously, it was big in Japan, but it wasn't as big in the U.S. And then when that game came over to the U.S., it just it opened the doors for video games. It absolutely opened the doors. Um, it it made RPGs a viable genre of gaming for the mainstream audience, not just um not just people who are passionate about gaming not like, just obviously you to play dragon games. quest i mean there were there are rpgs before that but i don't think they were ever on that scale of popularity and mainstream as final fantasy 7 so i absolutely think to basically be as kind of like a gateway to rpg gaming and also as a piece of history final fantasy 7 has to be on that list yeah, that's that's an that's an interesting one and a good one. Um, 
because it kind of segues to one of mine as well. Do you think, Shay, this is something I struggled with, and when you hear my first choice, you'll know why, but do you, because when I was thinking about this, I was imagining these people obviously were recommending these to them today because we're not like time traveling, and it's okay if these games are dated because that's sort of part of the, the history. Would you tell someone, like, look, the combat is going to seem pretty primitive at this point. The visuals are going to be rough, but stick with it because this is something you need to experience. That's basically what you're saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I lived with a roommate who is like, I always wanted to get into Final Fantasy VII. I never played it as a kid. I've tried as an adult. I just can't get past the, the antiquated combat and the graphics. And I'm like, dude, you got to stick with it. Like, um, if if the thing is, there are movies that are suggested in lists, right? That are movies to watch before you die. And you may not enjoy that movie, but it's like, okay, I can understand why so many people like this, or I don't understand. I mean, it's all part of the dialogue to, or to be able to have that dialogue with people by experiencing that art. And I think final fantasy seven is the same thing. So many people have experienced it. So many people have taken different things away that you can, if you want to be a part of that conversation, I think you have to just power through and look past some of the flaws. Granted, it's much more difficult between a two hour film versus a 40 plus hour long game. <laughs> I understand the, the, the difference there. 40 hours. You think I'm not going after a Ruby weapon? What do you want? Drugs? <laughs> you don't think I'm fucking breeding chocobos to get the gold chocobo to you get think the Knights I- of the round. You're high. You think I'm I'm not fucking uh at forgetting to save for six hours, then accidentally bumping into Emerald Weapon with my submarine and wiping? Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. that's. I still do that shit in my thirties. I'm like, oh, I forgot to save. How have I not learned this? I've been gaming for only most of my life. Well, guess so I'll see my friends next month. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, hey, that's a good. <laughs> hey, Grandma, I know you're in the hospital, but you know I. I got to save. I gotta get. I gotta get caught back up. I'll come over uh, after I stop Hojo. <laughs> Hojo can't be stopped. He's the true villain. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think most people wouldn't disagree with that, Shay, at all. I think it's a good segue into mine because my first one is uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, I feel like, like we're talking about master class, but for me, the big thing is like the idea of like portable video games, uh, like on a, like. I guess now it would be a little weirder because you're not going to go carry it around on original Game Boy. Um, so oh, whatever. You? So, but I still think you should experience it. Unless, you, hey, look, if you want to get the authentic experience, uh, you could pop that into. I think you could pop those into like a Game Boy Advance or whatever, and you'd get the yeah. the you nice could, backlight. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and, still have old. I've got like the last system of each chain where you can still play everything behind it for my Nintendo stuff. The SP would be... Yeah, so I've got the SP that can play everything Game Boy up to Advance. Actually, I also have the Micro, which is so tiny, but the screen is so fucking good. Mm -hmm. It's not the size of the Game Boy, it's the quality. I think... Morgan, I think I finally understand why you wanted to bring on Rich um, at the beginning of the year, because Fish was the original one to have the Micro, and after he left, we needed to bring someone on to kind of fill that void. So, uh, Rich now has the micro. (laughs) Very small void. Just going to isolate that sound clip. I have the micro. Um, (laughs) My lawyers will be on you in hours. (laughs) 
that's what she said. Um, but look, so my lawyer one, Harvey Lemmings. It's it's one of those things where this game is essential because the impact that Pokemon has had in the world is insane. Um, and quite frankly, like it's a genre that is not a massive genre, like the, the monster catching genre. It's it's more it's an RPG, but it's the monster catching genre is a very specific thing that they basically had a monopoly on forever. And look, if you, you could grab any Pokemon game, but for the sake of conversation, I'll just say the originals, um, even though they probably do feel the most dated. I would say that if you ha- not experiencing Pokemon Red and Blue to me would be a crime. I feel like you just have to experience those games. Well, while I agree with you totally, I think um, at this point, and this is just to say... Um, I might recommend like gold and silver over that. That's just me personally. Cause I think they add so many trappings that became a staple. Y- yeah. I would, but it's important would, to see where it came from. It, that's part of it to me. It's important to see what was built upon and I'm, what this I'm, informed. I'm going to, I'm going to split hairs here and I'd say Pokemon yellow would probably be the best bet there just because they fixed what blue and red uh, had some issues with, but because you don't have to pick a starter, you get them all. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the best part is picking a starter, actually. Not in uh, yellow, you steamroll everybody because you get I everything. Want, well, that's the fun is making, I mean, you have to make a choice at the beginning. You need Officer to make Jenny, a decision. Squirtle, please. <laughs> um, so, yes, and, and I look, I'm not trying to cheat the list. I'm just saying whatever Pokemon game you'd research that looks most interesting. There's remakes of Gold and Silver as well that are incredible. Um, I would just say a Pokemon game, but for the sake of discussion, I'll say red and blue because they're the first, and I feel like it's a heresy not to say those. Um, but I do agree with Rich that the the gold and silver were bigger, more better-looking games on the Game Boy, and they had, like, shinies and a bunch of other cool stuff like that incorporated in them as well. So, um... Do so the shorts me, call you on their cell phone? Before you die, play a Pokemon game! What's wrong with you? A real Pokemon game, not... Oh, that Pokemon Go shit. Josh, what is on your essential list? Let's see one. The first one on my list, I was... I don't really have these in order as far as, like, importance. So I was doing... I don't just, have that for mine either. I was I doing them one. by release date, essentially. Um, so the first one on my list is Mist. Wow. Okay. That's a good one. I figured we needed some sort of adventure game, and I was, like, I was kind of torn yeah. between more of the traditional... LucasArts ones like Secret of Monkey Island um, was like another possibility here. Or like Day of the Tentacle or something. Yeah, yeah or Day of the Tentacle. Those are yeah, both amazing. Um, I went with Mist just because it was such a unique experience at the time. The idea of just having this whole world with with nothing to explain really what what you were doing like you you had to figure out kind of the society that built this world and the people who were involved with stuff with, with 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 like the main story yeah through like text logs and stuff like that um to figure out like what what you wanted to do to uh to actually um save the day because it this is one of the one of the first games with multiple endings depending on whether you depending on what you do through the game um because you are sent there to you're not really sent there to anything like you stumble into this world and you find 
that basically everybody's missing because they've been trapped in these things. And you have to figure out who to let out because somebody was up to some shit, but everything is left so vague that you don't know who it really was without like really kind of digging into everything. Um, so it's and, almost like an investigation game too, as well. Sort like, of mm. like it, it, the, the investigating is like, not, it's like text puzzles really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, to a degree. Yeah. Like, like the most of the, like the puzzles themselves, like to actually get through the game, uh, were really cool because they were trying to figure out how the world works, like how some machine based off of technology mm-hmm. that's completely foreign, how it works. Like, oh, there's there's an elevator over here with, like, a bunch of buttons and stuff, and, like, it should yeah. make sense. Like, somebody designed this. It can't be complete nonsense, but trying to figure out how, like, these alien machines work yeah. is, like, the the core of the experience. But then on top of that, trying to figure out the people as well in order to get the ending you want. Um, I also remember... Really cool. Could you- because like you'd move your mouse around, you'd look for the hand. Because if it looked like a normal mouse, you'd be like, "Oh, I can't click on that." But if you moved it onto something, you'd be like, "Can I click on this?" And you get the big hand. You're like, "Oh, I can. Mm-hmm. I can click on that." So this is a thing in the world. I can because uh, yeah, I had a friend who his parents had. It was like the computer. We weren't like a computer house when I was real little. Um, and yeah, he had um, his dad had missed, and I would he would just let me play it sometimes when if we got bored of doing whatever kids would do, he's like, yeah. and it was like so magical at the time because yeah, it was an adventure game and I was, re- and it was one of the first ones. Is that game easily accessible mist uh, now? Yes, there are. It's on version- GOG, isn't it? It's, it's on GOG. It's on steam. They've, they've re-released it in a few different versions. There's like the real mist and um, whatnot. Like they've, they've com- at one point they completely rendered it in 3d. Um, and you can oh, just weird. walk around it, which I would kind of suggest against because it's not pure. Well, not so much for that reason, but because knowing where you should look becomes infinitely harder when you can just look wherever uh, instead of having discrete screens to uh, to go between. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, Screen it's screen. just not, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly because like. You can look anywhere you want to, which is that's always been kind of an issue with like 3D games. How do you how do you get mm-hmm. someone to look at what you want them to look at? Um, It'd be fun to like try and replicate that, get like a really old shitty computer and try to find a way to replicate that that early, you know, missed experience. I have an Atari 400 in my closet. Do you think there's something you could do with that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miss, that's a good one. You surprised me with that one, but I get it. Yeah, that's considered one of those special games. Um, right on. Mist. Uh, Rich, okay. On the round robin here, what's next on your list? Um, I'm going to go with, for my next one, because Shay already brought Final Fantasy VII into the fold. Um, I actually went with Final Fantasy VI as part of my list. Uh, for similar reasons to why Shay picked Seven. I think Seven's a great choice. I fucking love Seven. Um... If you had to show someone a, a classic Final Fantasy, six is always the one that stands out to me for a number of reasons. Um, I think the visuals are less jarring. Uh, I think those pixelated graphics hold up better than PS1 era graphics. Yeah. Uh, like what FF7 has. Um, and FF6, beyond that, has a lot of the same trappings of what F- why FF7 works. It's essentially the same combat, uh, granted with totally different character types. And as much as I love Final Fantasy VII, I think FF6 is a better translation. I think the localization of FX6 
is actually better than the original localization of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and that's why I think it's cool that we're doing the list this way, because otherwise we've been fighting about having two Final Fantasy games on one list, and I could see it, could have saw, seen that getting nasty. Um, but, yeah, that's sixes. <laughs> Man, I think, yeah, six and seven are definitely extremely pivotal games for sure. Um, 100%, and they, they inform each other in a lot of ways. Like, playing seven, you could see um, how they... The, they have a lot of similar tones. Six is where Final Fantasy starts to get uh, sort of sci-fi. Uh, and seven kind of steps that up even more so. Like, yeah. six is very sci-fi, but it still has a lot of the medieval roots. Like, in the idea of, like, seven is full-on this kind of cyberpunky future, whereas six, it's like, oh, kings and castles, but this castle's an airship, or this castle is mechanical, it can dive in the sand. Yeah. Um, that's, I think it's a good choice. How, how would you recommend someone? Cause I like when I'm playing this game in my head, I like to think of the best way we recommend someone can like access these. Okay. Well, uh, if you... there is a steam version. It's awful. Uh, cause they changed all the art assets and they yeah. look like garbage. They used what I would recommend to you. And it's not ideal. If you want to emulate that's beyond you, but I think the best version, um, is the GBA version. Final Fantasy, really? okay. Final Fantasy VI Advanced. Um, and I will say, uh, some of you guys probably know I've been streaming that on Thursday nights. I took the past two weeks off from that to check out some other stuff. Uh, but I am I yeah. do intend to get back to it. And what I'm actually using is a custom cart that is technically a ROM hack. It's the Final Fantasy, it's Final Fantasy VI Advanced, but it has the original sound files from the uh, SNES version restored because they obviously had to limit what they could do with the sound files on a GBA cartridge back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so this way I'm playing it on my Retron 5 through my TV. I have all the extra content of FX6 Advance, but I have the original sound files. Okay. And, and hey, look, um, it's Which probably very difficult. Six. Like, yeah. I, I, get, I get the idea of wanting to be accessible, but so much of what 6 did was amazingly impressive with sound. Dancing Mad is the track. Well, if look you, at that way, Rich. They get a they get a Game Boy Advance. They can play Pokemon and Final Fantasy VI all, on it. There you go. All I'll say is, if you have no idea the amazing stuff the music does in Final Fantasy VI, keep in mind this was a SNES game. Go listen to the goddamn ten minute boss track, Dancing Mad, and tell me that's not phenomenal. <laughs> I will. I will. Um. And I hopefully don't search for dancing Mads on accident and get Mads Mickelson dancing. Because that would be great, too. Again, with the Death Stranding hacks. No, no, just Mads Mickelson. I just assumed, like, somebody hacked his character <laughs> model out of Death Stranding and made him dance. It was, it was a wedding, actually. Yeah, I've used, I've used Gary's mod. Um, oh, okay. Um, should I say leave me? So... I guess in this particular instance, um, the, the next one on my list might be a little surprising, but I went with uh, Diablo 3. Um, sure. The, the reason I went with Diablo 3 was not just that it is the master class of the loot genre. Um, I th loot is fascinating to me. Loot has permeated our culture uh, video gaming culture in almost every conceivable way now. Like Assassin's Creed games have loot. Mobile games have loot. You know, your MMOs are basically driven off of oftentimes raiding and loot. Like, loot is fucking everywhere. Your shooters have loot. Destiny, Borderlands. Loot is, like, the hot thing, right? And it's grown more and more over the years. But 
for me, the loot game of all loot games will always be Diablo 3. I think the way they handle loot is the most interesting. I would say definitely play it on PC because Blizzard can protect the sanctity of your shit. If you play it on console, even though it plays really well, like with the roll and stuff, which I actually prefer, um, those games are hacked to shit. So, like, if you find something special, to me, it just feels dirty. I don't like people hacking, you know. Like, it's just... If I find something rare, I want to know that Blizzard's protecting it, goddammit. Protecting my shit. Um, but that's just me. If you don't give a fuck and you're not anal like I am, then just play it on any anywhere you can get a hold of it, you know? Um, but for me, and, and the accessibility, it's just such an a easy game to play for anyone. Like, even if you don't want to get really into the skill trees and all those things, you can just bash the shit out of monsters, click the shit out of shit if you're playing on PC. It's not, it's not incredibly... Um, difficult game if you don't want it to be you can drop the difficulty but the way they handle loot in that game is so interesting and so well done it's like just it's a master class so like for me i think of loot as great as games like destiny are which i love and all those other loot games out there there's no loot game to me that has ever blown me away like diablo 3 did on uh, diablo 4 i cannot wait for but until diablo 4 exists i feel like the loot game is diablo 3 that's that's why um when I think about loot as a whole, I know Rich threw that master class word around the other day. I knew I put I knew I put a word in your mouth. I, I knew need, I was. To I blame. need I need to get it out of my mouth real quick. Um, so uh, Shay, what's next on your list? Next on my list is the Sega Genesis collection for the PS4 and the Xbox. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the next one on my list is Oblivion. Uh, I know that a lot of people shit on Bethesda games and Bethesda in general gets shit on now. That's very warranted. And I know a lot of people will often say Morrowind is the better game or Skyrim is the better game. I think that Oblivion was the peak of the Elder Scrolls games. I think it had the most interesting uh, main story and all the side stories that were happening. There was so much happening. In those games, the guilds were amazing in that game. Absolutely phenomenal. And I think Skyrim's guilds were a step down. I just, I feel like Oblivion really, really set the tone for future consoles of what uh, open world games could do. Obviously, Grand Theft Auto 3, you could make a case for that game as well, because that, that brought open world games into the, into the spectrum. And I wouldn't disagree with anyone who would say Grand Theft Auto 3. But I feel like Oblivion just scale, like the scale of that game just really blew out. And there were so many places you can go, so many things you could do. And you could literally go in that game and play it forever. And you could always find something new. And I know a lot, a lot of people do that with Skyrim right now. It's been out for nine years and people do that. But I think that the world of Oblivion was always more compelling for me, even though Skyrim has dragons, for example. But I just think that this the scale of open world games and what they could become uh, became that because of Oblivion. Even though Grand Theft yeah. Auto 3 kind of set the template of what it could be, Oblivion mm. really made that vision possible. I think Oblivion undeniably has a more interesting world than Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, but by then yeah. they're because I remember when Oblivion came out, you know, they're already all three of those Grand Theft Autos were out the San, all the way up to San Andreas. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard to explain to people that maybe missed it. But when Oblivion came out on 
the 360. It was like a launch. It was basically a launch game for the 360. It was a launch title, and it was like, yeah, it was like holy shit. Like it was not only like this massive world, but like it was a next gen console, and it like was like mind blowing how pretty it was too. So that was that was a cool time for for a dude. Yeah, I remember like really quickly. I remember um, being at my friend's house. And we were just hanging out, and he had a Game Informer in his bathroom on top of his uh, toilet bowl. Or not toilet bowl. For the articles. Tank. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, For the articles. But I remember just seeing Oblivion on the cover and just reading about it. I was like, oh, my God. Like Because I had played Morrowind, and Morrowind was a little bit too difficult for me to grasp at 11, 12 years old. Just all the micromanaging of the systems. And Oblivion kind of stepped that down a little bit and made the micromanaging not as heavy. Um, but I remember reading about Oblivion and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be such an amazing sequel to Morrowind. And just that is one of the first times I remember reading about a game or hearing about a game um, through like media and being just incredibly excited. There was so much hype around that game when it was um, announced. So much hype. So, yeah, I think that's got to be on the list. Hype! Uh, okay. Shay has um, submitted Oblivion to the Hall of the List here. The Hall of uh, Forever. Uh, Josh, what is the next game on your essential list? Uh, again, just going in from release date here, the second game on my list is Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um it is the original, of course. Don't don't hurt yourself and and play any of the Anyway. Like oh. go on. Like there there's a there's a remaster that's all right. Oh, I, play, I like that the remaster right, just, but just fine. not not the remake that they did. And anyway. They did a remake? Yeah, they they no, released the it on is, PS3. I love the remake. Yeah, it's not uh, any good. They add wait, a bunch of collectible said, shit and um, on which on what platform did they remake it on? PS3. They they did just like a re-release with okay HD. okay because that that PS4 um, version is fine. Like they add a yeah, bunch I of extra it. shit to it and just have did collectibles they? everywhere. Um, yeah, not just collectibles, but collectibles that make a sound when you're nearby. Um, I guess that just did nothing to detract for me because I don't yeah, remember. But it any looks of so that. good, though. It looks so good. It on doesn't. The it doesn't look anywhere near as good as the original, because uh, the original is doing just phenomenal work on the PS2. Um, it is one of the most impressive pieces of art put out on that machine um, by a lot. That's one hundred. Um, that yeah. Well, yeah, no. I don't. I don't agree with that. I think it was too impressive for the machine. If anything, <laughs> the machine couldn't handle it. Um, it, it handled it just fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the the game is about a uh, a man trying to destroy these destroy these colossi that are hidden away in this forbidden land uh, in order to try to revive. It's never clearly specified. It it assumed his love that's there. And uh, 
it's this really lonely experience of you taking down these creatures that are just massive, massive compared to you and seeing the toll it it has on you as a and the world around you and the world around you um but just just watching that unfold is one of the most moving experiences in in all of gaming um yeah it just it just it's it's it is it is a perfect game um it it really it really is something that you need to experience for yourself. It did it did so many things that you just don't do in games or or didn't at the time, um, such as just having bosses. Like what what do you mean there are just bosses? What are you gonna do when you're not fighting a boss? You'll go to you're the boss. You'll you'll to explore. The next boss, yeah. yeah, it's 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 so sparse and so empty, but it feels amazing. It makes the whole world feel mysterious and just. It adds to how lonely that adventure is supposed to feel. Yeah, well, not just that. Like, it makes it feel like a real world. Like, in so many other games, there would be collectibles everywhere, just like they put with the the remake. And like, oh, I've got to go explore all this stuff, or I might miss something. Whereas in this one, if something looks interesting, you go do it. You go go see what yeah. it is. Um, it it just it ends up making a world you feel super connected with. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I agree, I, I agree with your sentiment. I actually, I do definitely think that's something people should play. I mean, it's such a haunting game, like as you're you, the scale of it. And you'll just remember some of those Colossus forever because they're so gargantuan for me. I, I was able to, to enjoy it even despite some of the, the gameplay issues I had just because mm-hmm. I think that there's nothing else like it. I mean, it's just so unique and sad. Like you know, it's one of those games where you're like, you feel bad in a way, even though it's it's like one of those, and they're not going to spell everything out for you, and it's it's all the better for it, you know. It just mm-hmm. it makes you kind of think about. I what's think happening. it it was one of those big games for me, like where the first time I beat it, like I just kind of need to like sit back and like do nothing afterwards and kind of yeah. just take it all in. It's depressing. Yeah, you feel just. And it is a um. It it was one of the probably one of those first instances for me as a teenager to be like, oh, games are art. Like in a non like yeah. cheesy way to be like, oh yeah, you can tell art, bro. you can do something really compelling with this medium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I, I just know a lot of people that have complained about the clunkiness and the controls and I'm just like, it doesn't matter. You know, you, it's just one of those things that you, it's worth what it's trying to do outshines through. any of that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah, Shadow of the Colossus for sure. I might not feel as strongly as Josh does about the the remaster, but yeah, I agree. That's it's hard to imagine not playing that game for sure. Um, At the end of the okay. day, Rich, what do you got? May, oh, sorry, sorry. Maybe some. No, you're good. Um, some people don't like the visuals of the remaster. At the end of the day, people are still able to experience that, and I think that's the most important thing here. They mm-hmm. could have better optimized that, but at least. J- current generations will be able to experience that game now if they want to. That's the plus side of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh has a particular affinity for the original, and I get that. There's nothing wrong with that, for sure. I, I, I'm i sure if Josh, if someone told you they played it and, and they, that was the best way for them to get it, you wouldn't be like, no, don't yeah. buy it. No, that's, 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 again, it's fine. It's just It seems strange to me because they had just re-released 
that PS3 version with just they put a three they put it put a, a full HD camera in there. I thought it was like was that the one change. that uh, was that the one that came packaged with Ico? I, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it had both of them together. Um, it did with just yeah. just the like they didn't change anything except the camera as far as yeah as, far as I recall. It's been um, it's been years, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all they changed. I think you're right. I think you're right, Josh. Rich, what do you have for your third game on your list? Uh, number three is The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Oh wow, that was the one you went with, huh? Okay. Yeah, the correct one. Um, so uh, I was thinking about putting a Zelda game on here, and which one probably has the most importance? And to me, I think undoubtedly that's A Link to the Past. Uh, I said before in the past, like I have a certain soft spot for Link's Awakening. I I don't think that game is a necessity because it's more of a like a staple of isn't this weird even for a Zelda like it, it feels like this obscure obtuse thing uh whereas I think a link to the past kind of is 2D Zelda it, like distilled down to its perfect form yeah. uh it's another thing that's ultimately replayable for me um I played that hell a million times over as a kid I played that game again and again and again it is the only video game I've ever considered speedrunning I got really involved with the A Link to the Past <laughs> ran- randomizer community online at one point, uh, mm. and I was trying to teach myself to do that. <laughs> it just... Sounds like a dark road. No, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I just don't have the time to invest in it. Uh, yeah. That game's really f- like. It's fun. It, it's perfect 2D Zelda. Perfect 2D Zelda. Yeah. I kind of... I, I agree I'm with so, you on the whole... Uh, oh, go ahead, Josh. The, the choice of that one because I'm 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 also very par- partial to Link's Awakening, um, but kind of for the same reason as you think it's not a good only game to go into. Um, yeah, it's a supplement to games like A Link to the Past because it was the A Link to the Past team chain smoking in a break room and watching a lot of Twin Peaks and going like, what kind of weird shit can we put in here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I. Exactly. Like I love, I love Majora's Mask for the same reason. But would exactly would not suggest you go right into that, especially. I would suggest so you much play is, Ocarina first. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's like so much of what they're doing is kind of built off of what came before in a, in a they more assume direct you way. Know, they assume you know what came before it. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's the one thing I was gonna say is I. I actually played A Link to the Past when I was a kid, and I enjoyed that game. Um, and I think it's obviously a very important game for gaming history. But I think, like, if I if I were to put a Zelda game on my list, I think it would have been Ocarina of Time, just because I think that game really upped the ante for Zelda games and what they've become. Because um, a lot, I think a lot of people, if they look at their lists now, they would be hard pressed to not consider Breath of the Wild in their top four. Uh, so many people have fallen in love with that game, and I think they would have a they would have a point for it to be um, on that list because it it was one of the first Switch games. But Ocarina of Time was just it was so interesting how it opened up 3D exploration. Um, not that other games weren't doing it, like Tomb Raider and Crash Bandicoot and other games that were action adventure. But, but this did it way better. It did. It really did. So I, I, Tomb Raider. I, I definitely don't think that Link to the Past hey, is a hey. bad choice at all. I think that it's a fantastic choice. And I, I don't just like I'm not trying to fight you on that. I'm just saying, like, for me, if I were to ever include a Zelda game, I think it would have to be Ocarina of Time for me. I could see either one to- of those. To- being totally valid. And I did go back and forth with it. And I ended up like 
coming to terms with myself that I think 2D Zelda, it, for me at the very least, was more important. Specifically that I, game. Yeah, I could see that, especially for gaming history as well. Um, because I, uh, yeah, just like kind of the same reason I had said about, uh, well, you and I were saying about Super Mario World, it's, I think Link's, uh, Link to the Past, excuse me, is a great gateway game into 2D RPGs. I guess, like, especially those older system RPGs. Like, so many games were trying to emulate Zelda during that time. So many Zelda ripoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and list them all. There were, like, Zelda was such an influencer. Oh, and they time. still happen. And there's some really good ones that slip out. Um, yeah. And I, I, know, I know Morgan had wanted us to list, like, the best way to go play that now. So I will say this one's really easy. Because if you have a Switch, it's on your Switch on uh, online subscription and the virtual yeah. console stuff. You can go play A Link to the Past right now. And that's a great mm-hmm. way to play that game. In your, it's an excellent your goddamn way to play Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Yeah, I th- and like Shay was saying to close there on that point, I think all those... You could have really picked any of those Zeldas depending on how impactful they were for you. For me, my I wouldn't even... My favorite Zelda is Wind Waker, but I wouldn't have included that on my list. That's just a great I pick. Don't think uh, it's my favorite one, but I don't really know that it had that level of impact that the other Zeldas did. So it was hard for me to really justify like, well, that's more of my favorite than essential. You know what I mean? It's a beloved um, game, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, uh, Shay, what's, what's next on your list, sir? Cheerio. Cheerio. Um, my last one was the Sega Genesis collection for the PS4. <laughs> He's really he's really laying into that joke. Dude, just huh? go with the Sega Nomad version. No. My that there are no Sega games on this list. My last choice was uh Hellblade. Um and that that one's kind of hard because there's a little bit of recency bias and I understand people will think that but I know a lot of people they come to video gaming to kind of look for an escape. I totally, totally understand and respect that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. If you even play games like Sims or Minecraft or Animal Crossing, that's okay. You're looking for an escape. I totally understand and respect that. And I'm like, I'm that way too. I, I've gotten into the habit recently where I play Apex Legends for an hour a night, um, because it helps me relax and wind down. Totally get that. Sometimes we need that mindless fun, but. I also like, at times, for some of the art that I like, to have a message. Um, whether it's a book, whether it's music, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a literal art piece, or a video game. And Hellblade really, 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 I'm not going to say it's the first, but really put into mainstream gaming, having a message about mental health. And having a strong female protagonist um, to pair that with as well. Definitely not the first game to have a strong female protagonist. I will say that. But um, the mental health issue is such an important thing in this world right now. Um, It's something that the world has been slowly trying to make itself privy to. And I'm not going to sit here on my soapbox, I promise. Don't worry. Audience members, I'm not going to get too much into that. Um, but it's such a major important issue. And it's something that Josh and I have talked about ever since we played it. Um, just how amazing it was that they brought 
literal uh, scientists and psychologists onto that game to actually emulate that feeling of psychosis um, or mental illness in general, if you want to call it that, to make the experience seem as real as possible because they wanted to convey that message. And I just think that is so impactful for certain art forms that want to be impactful, that want to be didactic, that want to include a message in their art. Um, and I think that this one has, th- this game, Hellblade, has really brought it to the mainstream. And I, I fully respect and appreciate what that team, um, the lengths they went through to try and represent that. Uh, I, I, obviously, I really enjoyed the game, but it left such a monumental impact on me um, because of that. It did win games for impact at the game awards. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like, mm-hmm. I just feel like that, that, that is a strong message that helps so many people and uh, yeah, just have a ton of respect. I was looking up last night, all like the most popular games that have dealt with mental illness and it's not all of them, but there's not as many as you might think. Now, Tellblade deals with more of like an extreme, like psychosis, I believe. Um, which is, you know, not exactly in the most, a very common form of like mental illness per se, but, uh, there's not a lot of games that deal with not as many as you might think. Um, there was this game about like, I don't know. I I don't want to go into all of them, but I was just surprised. And Hellblade definitely seems to be, um, the most popular of, of all those that have released for sure. I think you could, so I think you could make a case for final fantasy seven. Uh, in some ways of dealing with mental illness, but obviously that isn't the main driving force, but it does deal with that. Uh, Josh, Josh, uh, another game that he absolutely loves Celeste does a very good job of dealing yeah, with yeah, that's uh, mental true. illness. It's true. Yeah. That's another great game that, yeah. d- uh, really yeah, that deals one, with that. That one is like anxiety in particular. Um, but handles it, handles it very well. Um, yeah, no, Hellblade was absolutely going to be on my list, but it was on your list is, uh, is where that one landed for me. Cause that was, it is amazing. Absolutely. Something that you need to play. Um, and yeah. not just for the message, but that's, you know, that's still big. It's a great game. It's, it is just gorgeous. Uh, the, the work they did with sound in that game is still basically unparalleled. Um, just outstanding, outstanding stuff. Um, and really fun to boot. So just great, great all around package. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, back in 2017, this is a little bit of history and this is the last thing I'll say about it. Uh, there's a very legendary dispute between Morgan and me and fish and Josh kind of getting caught in the crosshairs. And, uh, basically we were deciding our top five games of 2017 for games of the year. And, uh, I very fervently argued, uh, to vote Resident Evil 7 off because I wanted Hellblade on there. And I think Resident Evil 7 is a great game, and um, I love that game, but this game, like Hellblade, really, I wanted to make sure that it was immortalized within um, what we do because it left such a profound impact on Josh and me. And it is a game that, like, 
I'm not I'm not saying this is like the number one game for me, but I yeah, it was so so important, and I wanted to make sure that it, it got its uh its praise essentially. So that hopefully you know like three years later, to people who've been around with us since the beginning who have heard that fight, they understand like I wasn't like I wasn't doing that to be an asshole. I was doing it because that game really I firmly fervently believe that it is going to go down as one of the most important games of this generation yeah well it's interesting that you mentioned that because i was talking to shave this week and i don't have a strong opinion on it yet because i'm only a couple hours through it but i was i was going back and i was list- listening to a bunch of hellblade stuff and i was like i felt like i was in a unique situation because i was podcasting with two people that were very passionate about it but i was digging into the reviews i was listening to like a lot of my favorite shows like the bomb cast and stuff like that and generally speaking it was not a game that was received very well and i was like um, and that the game awards, it did win those those awards, but it didn't get nominated for like game of the year or anything like that, even a nomination. So I was like, it's cool that it affected you guys that that much. I think it um, is more of that art house sort of genre, though. That like I wouldn't expect it to get the game of the year, but like for taking like all those great stuff it does with audio and things like that, like it it, def- it does so much, right? It it won audio. It, yeah. yeah, it seemed like there's special things. Like it won audio. It won performance. And then it won uh, games for impact. So it seemed like people wanted to make sure those things were acknowledged. But the general consensus was that there was issues with the game itself. Um, but when I talk to Josh and Shay, they're just over the moon about it. So it's just interesting because uh, it's just interesting. Yeah. And again, I'm only a couple hours into it, so I don't have a strong opinion on it yet. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds yeah, like I- it has left... I know a lot of people in various gaming communities think very highly of it. So I know that maybe the critics didn't heap as much praise as we are onto the game, but I know it's very, very well loved in many different communities. And I think that's because a lot of people can connect with what they were trying to convey at the end of the day. Yeah, that has to be. I think that's it. I think it might not resonate with everyone, but if it resonates with you, it could resonate with you in in a very strong way. Um, and you know, the Reddit, the Metacritic user reviews are a trash fest anyway, so it's hard to really look for those for any sort yeah. of guidance. Josh, like, Josh said <laughs> he still dreams about that tree. I still think about that like that yeah. long, slow walk up to that middle platform at the end of the game. I still think mm-hmm. about that walk, and then the the intro where she's on the boat. I still think about those two scenes all the time. Uh, fucking Morgan and I were talking about the opening scene a the few boat, days ago yeah. privately. I still think about those two scenes constantly. Hmm. It's interesting. I wish part of me wishes that I had absorbed it um, more back then, you know, what in, in its, in its heyday, because, you know, I, I just wish, I think I would have been more in awe of, like, its visuals and stuff like that. And I'm kind of mad at myself that I that I didn't. But I didn't really expect you guys to be talking about it for this long. I mean, at the time, I think, Shay, your game of the year was something else. And then you came back later and were like, no, I want to change it to Hellblade. So 
it's it's interesting. Sometimes you don't really know until time passes and those things. Twenty seventeen was a fucked up year, man. If you ask me on Monday, it's Breath of the Wild. If you ask me on Tuesday, the game of the year was Cuphead. If you ask me mm-hmm. on uh, Wednesday, it was near. You know, it's just every day there's so many fucking great games that year. I don't know how. You, I mean, Rich, I feel Rich was even part of our show at the time. He would have been screaming his head off for Persona Five, and we didn't even mention it on our entire podcast, not one time. <sighs> Truly disgusting. <laughs> don't worry, it'll, it'll take home the gold uh, for Persona Five. The Royal this year. <laughs> oh, we actually disqualify games like that from our list if they're re-released. So. It's not a re-release. It's a brand new release. No, I think it's I a good see why you'd shit. say that, but as you can see by the subtitle, <laughs> totally different game. Well, you know, Shane, like I said, regardless of how the reviews are was received, you can make a case because of what that game is about that the impact is there. And I, I think that is interesting, which, you know, it's a good transition to my pick as well, because mine is a little controversial. Um, I want to close your ears on this, Josh. Mine would be, Leisure uh, Sue uh, Larry. <laughs> mine would be, a, I was thinking a lot of <laughs> controversial putt putt goes uh, to the zoo. Um, it's very controversial. I, I was thinking a lot about VR and I know it's something that a lot of people do not like or do not care about. And I get that, but when I think about things I want people to experience before they die, um, for me, VR is definitely on there. Now, you may not, I'm not telling you go about and buy a VR headset, but hey, if you're at a friend's house. You're talking house about VR chat? V- VR <laughs> chat, you need, yes, you need to have You VR need to chat. at least go watch some YouTube videos. <laughs> uh, VR porn, you need, as Josh would say, it's the killer app. Um, no, we joked about this a little bit on last week's show when uh, we were kind of bouncing around on Resident Evil 7, but. I feel like that game as a whole, I think it's a really good game. It wouldn't have made my top five without VR. But VR changed. It took everything that I sort of had an issue with in the game and sort of like actually brought it into a new light. Um, And I feel like with VR, maybe you don't, you're not into horror games or whatever. I'm thinking about this from a recommendation point of view. Um, Like I know me and Rich love Astro Bot and we love Moss and a lot. There's a lot of games that are. I guess lighter fare, if you will, but I still feel like for an entire like sixty dollar game, a, like AAA game was designed for VR, and it's still the experience that sticks with me to most to this day. Now I haven't gone back and played it because unfortunately it's for me it's more of like those one time through games, and then you have to wait like five years to forget it. But I still feel like, and it's not a perfect game. That this is like, if I could only recommend one VR game to somebody, and I wanted VR to be on my list, <laughs> um, it would be Resident Evil 7. And that doesn't mean it's perfect, I just think that it's the most interesting um, VR game that we have. I think it's the most uh, gamey VR game that we have. It's a full game, it's a full Like ass. in terms of what you think a AAA game is, like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's even little things like in the real game, toward the back end of that game, it gets a little too combat heavy. And Resident Evil games always do that, and it's frustrating. But in VR, by the way, I recommend my maybe knocking difficulty down. Um, I mean, I guess if you suck. (laughs) Yes, like, if you're mean, you're suck. Well, what I recommend to people is, like, for VR, I don't really like to be frustrated because I already have the big goggles on my head and all that stuff. I want... I want the experience of the tension and the fear, but I don't really want the irritation of like putting 17 bullets into a zombie's face. I'm not. I just it's not exactly like what I wanted and got. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty fucking great. As I'm trying but, to shove a sculpture of an eagle and a tiger together. Yeah. Yeah. And like with a, if you're looking all the nooks and crannies and like moving around in that world, it was just a very transcendent experience for me. Not perfect, but transcendent for that. And I wanted to have a VR game on my list. Uh, so the VR is important. 
to specify. Someone's like, well, is this essential if I don't have VR? No, no, not in my eyes, not at all. Um, but for me, the VR makes it essential because that's the one game. If you took everything away and said you can only have one VR game, Morgan, that is the one that I personally will pick. Um, and that's absolutely. why it made my list. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that cool. from a historical standpoint, we have to include a VR game. And also Morgan um, has been the one here kind of championing the cause of VR pretty much this whole time. Granted, uh, yep. he has the PSVR and he doesn't have access to the other stuff, but he still champions VR. And I think that's a really important thing that we have any kind of representative for that because it's, it's a place in time. It would be the same thing as saying like the connect failed, but it was a place in time and it was a place in gaming history. And there were some good games on the connect with VR. I think I would have chosen Moss or Astrobot or literally any other game. I'm just kidding. Um, no, honestly, resident evil seven is a fantastic VR game. And I wish that VR was a more uh, popular way to game because I have never been more unnerved and fearful in my life playing a video game than playing Resident Evil 7 in VR. And I think, like, I said this years ago. you were in a bar, too. You were in a popular bar. I was. I was in a bar, and it was loud as shit, and I was still scared, man. And here's the thing. If... Like, I thought years ago that this was going to be the future in gaming. And I think event, hopefully they work out the VR stuff because I still think that could be the future in gaming. Like, the the ability to immerse yourself that much is incredible. For me, uh, like, Moss was the most perfect game for me to be immersed in. Um, because that's, like, that's my style of gameplay. But... That that game in Resident Evil 7 and VR, phenomenal. And just the level of immersion that you get out of it is second to none. I just, I, I really, really hope that VR starts taking off soon. And I absolutely think Morgan's right. Resident Evil 7 should be uh, in the list because it conveys true horror so well. Yeah, it's one of those games where, like, if PS5 still which it's supposed to still pushes VR and it's still a thing. And people are like, Oh, I got this new PS five VR headset and I want to check out some of these old classics. It's like definitely throw in resident evil seven and see, um, like I'm, I'm one day Shay when you get a chance to go through that whole game. If you ever do, it's going to be interesting to see what so and, fun. And rich, sadly rich was not here to help me champion VR at the time. I wasn't there at the time, but I was, um, in fact, I think I've, I've told you this before and I can pull it down and show you it as proof. Cause I think I've been challenged on it before. Um, if you really want to bring Resident Evil 7 up to snuff, then you need the Resident Evil 7 4D candle. Oh, fuck yeah. I want that Resident Evil 4D candle. And, uh, yeah, you should, you, you should I get that down. I got plenty there. of it left. It's got like, we got at least five or six more playthroughs of that candle. I'm gonna, what does it I, actually smell like? What does it actually smell like? It smells like? like your grandma's house. <laughs> it smells like if an your, old house. That's what it smells if your like. Your grandma was a murderer. No, it, it, sounds it, awesome. just, it just smells like an old house. Man, I want that. You know what's perfect and, for when you're swinging your arms around and you can't see? Lighting a candle. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's just what you need. <laughs> the possibility and, of a fire. <laughs> and Josh, to your point, all those awkward, like that uh, sort of cheesy, awkward uh, dinner sequence at the beginning, way more fun in VR when you can stare at all the food and all the silly, almost animatronic type characters. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like you're on Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Way but better ride than a movie. Is, 
Yes. Although Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like you're on Pirates of the Caribbean. Like you're having fun, but it's kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, John. I, I always forget. I'm like, damn, Johnny D. Uh, Johnny Depp on an Oscar. Oh, that's awesome. Resident Evil 40. Take a picture of that for me for the Instagram. I want to put that on. There. Sure. Uh, by the way, private Instagram page, patreon.com slash swordchomp. I also have my full top 10 list. And anybody else that can squeeze their top 10 list out, I'll put them on that as well. You can only get that on it. If I could squeeze you guys just right and get that list out of you. You can't squeeze our fans, it. Morgan. We've been through this. The lawyers <laughs> told you this. Well, some of them like it. Uh, Josh, what do you got for me? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say, because we're at the second half of this list now, um, this end, was ridiculously yeah. tough trying to narrow this down to just four. Um, borderline impossible. Uh, it helped knowing that you guys were going to cover a lot of bases that I wasn't getting to. Um, just so much out there. So much out there. We only got the one Zelda game. They could all be on this list. But that said, my third game on this list is Minecraft. <gasps> wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, think I 100% knew this was coming. Not even surprised. I knew this shit was coming. <laughs> yeah, I... Minecraft is... is bar none the most important game of the last decade. Um, it is just... Not, not just for, from the culture Im, cultural impact, but from the way it has impacted games just the the idea that you can let people free in a world and just expect them to figure out what is fun about it without having to handhold them i mean uh, it that 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 philosophy seems to come and go through gaming a lot but minecraft in particular was just i mean it's just like the best example of that uh, absolutely the best example of that. It's a game where, like, especially originally, you just are set free in this world with no instructions about anything and have to figure out all of it. Figure out what can hurt you, what you want to do, what goals you even have for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And it is just just perfect because of that. It is it is so much I... fun to to just explore a world a world that only you have seen so far because the 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 game is randomly generated and just massive 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 worlds that are going to be unique to you and just just amazing like it um yeah yeah like it's 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 one of those games like if it almost feels wrong putting it on this list before you need to die because it's I think the only game on this list that you probably need to put a thousand hours into. Um But yeah, it is it is something I will never forget something special. I'll never forget the like when we we're uh doing SPT way back in twenty ten and you were like, I just built this glass frame around this beautiful waterfall in my world and we're all like, what the fuck is he talking about? And he sends us these pictures and we're like, we don't even know what's going on. And I just remember how excited you were. Like, I, I remember mm-hmm. it's like it's forever, forever captured on one of the podcasts, just how happy and excited you were to, 
describe playing that game 10 years ago. And I know that that game left a big impact on you um, from way back in the day. So I, uh, I, yeah, I just had this great feeling that you would put it on the list. And I 100% agree. Like we look at gaming in the early 2010s and they all had some kind of building element. Uh, Legos are into the game. Like, Mm -hmm. and even now you look at Fortnite, Fortnite, uh, that's such a big part of the game. Minecraft, yeah, really revolutionized gaming in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is it is one of those games that it 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 it's just it's completely timeless. Just just going there and just just kind of doing what you want like without anybody to you know, really give you guidance there. You will figure out something you want to do there. And there's um, so much you can do. Like the, the deeper yeah, you except, go, the more you discover. Mm-hmm. Except the creepers, yeah. they they have the final <laughs> say so because they're assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely think it should be on the list. I think it's a, most people would agree with you. I I'm always sad that I wasn't able to connect with it as much as most people were because I think that game is like a Morgan game through and through. Like you can even build. I, I always tell people that the only for me it's not anything wrong with the game. I just uh, like the visual style is just not my thing. Um, so like I didn't really want to spend time in that world. But I did have like one day in Minecraft when I first bought it, and I was like, yes, I get this. I can see why this feels like magic to people. Um, if it looked like anything else, I think I'd play this forever. That's, I think that's exactly what I said to my wife at the time. I was like, if this looked like any other game, I'd play it forever. But I know people like that, that very, it, it's a very distinctive Minecraft look that connected with, especially with a lot of younger audiences too. Like, of course there's all these massive streamers like PewDiePie built, this feels like he built his old empire off this goddamn game. But there's, um, there's a lot of younger kids that just really love the look of my, even my daughter, she's, she runs around in Minecraft and has fun and she's not even fucking doing anything in that game. And she still likes it because that the, she's a kid and that she really likes that, the look of it. So I, I'm not poo-pooing a choice. I just, I'm always like jealous. I wish that the look of the game had connected with me a little bit more. Um, but yeah, totally. Minecraft is, I mean, God, a game still won't, still shows no sign of going away. Really. It's just mm-hmm. there forever. Uh, and the premise is amazing. So, yeah. Can yeah. you fish in Minecraft yet? Is there fishing? There is fishing be. in Minecraft as of... A f- I, I was going to say a few updates ago, but I don't know how few it is at this point. Um, yeah, I need to go fishing. Yeah. Yeah, they added, they've added. they added a lot more. Like, there, was, there were always oceans there, but they were just... Yeah. Th- there wasn't a lot to them at first, other than, you know, hazards when you're mining. Like... Mm-hmm. To, to accidentally mine your way into an ocean and have it start flooding everything. Um, yeah. Whereas now right. there's a lot more to it with like different monsters that are out in the ocean and stuff like that. It's it's much more fleshed much out. Much like Avatar that. 2, Minecraft is mm-hmm. finally starting to explore its seabed. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, now you're talking my language. Hashtag uh, ad. <laughs> it's It's... It's one of those games where every time people describe something now, it's like, oh, and this game is like this in Minecraft, like this in Minecraft, like this in Minecraft. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just what it is. Uh, Rich, final, no. So before I get to the last selection here, just to be sure, Shay, you sounded like you went through your last choice. Is that correct? You already went through your whole list. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have four choices. Like Rich took one, one of the ones I initially had on my list, and then I, d- I didn't feel the need to add four. So my th- my three are the ones I want to 
to make sure I talked about on my list. Okay. All right. So I guess it's a top 16. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Josh, you know, you're not stealing anyone's choices, Eddie. Um, <laughs> you don't get another one. Uh, I, mean, I wish people guys, could hear want, it. Because I've already want, taken I'll throw, it. I'll throw one more on there. I mean, I'll throw I, one I on there. I wish that people could have heard our... I wish people. I we don't have to get into this, but I just wish that people could have heard our epic uh, guitar hero debate that we let's, had for three no, hours. No, let's the put other that day. to bed. Let's put that to bed. <laughs> the beginning of plastic instruments. Uh, Rich, what is your last choice? It's a uh, guitar hero. No, uh, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> no. that's my boy. No, All it's right. not. It's not. Um, and, Rich, you're yeah. fired. For my, if it's about time, frankly, uh, you know, it, it's because it's about guitars. If it was drummer hero, he'd be all about it. If it was bass hero, I'd totally be into it. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm one of the three people who bought that rock band bass controller with the split drum bar. Uh. Um, anyway, my actual pick is uh, Castlevania, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Castlevania, yes, all right, good. Um, yeah, no, correct answer. I know, yes, Josh. Yes. Um, wow. so I was thinking about this and how much Castlevania means to me as a series and as good as Castlevania one through three are, and I enjoy them. Uh, when the age of the PS one came, the game that cemented Castlevania as what we know it to be today is undoubtedly symphony of the night. Um, from that, like cementing that subgenre of the Metroidvania, um, like having to kind of go back and forth between this castle and just utilizing exploration in space in amazing ways. The soundtrack is phenomenal. Uh, I have the vinyl if you want to see it. Uh, <laughs> is that your it, go-to pickup line? That's yeah. No, you would come back to my place. Uh, we could listen to Dracula's Castle on vinyl. <laughs> oh man, hey, you know if it works, you need to marry that person. I'm sure. not really looking for that kind of commitment. Why would you try and scare me away like that? <laughs> uh, coming on pretty strong. I just wanted to listen to some some classic <laughs> fucking jams. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it changed what Castlevania was by adding all that backtracking, by gaining these new abilities. Um, it added a leveling system and RPG mechanics with weapons and armor. Um, and I think it's still it another game that just holds up really well today. Like. Mm-hmm. It it's about exploration and discovery and like exploiting enemy weaknesses. It's such a great game, and it is un- it, Castlevania transformed with that release into it's what it one kind of, of remained. One of two games that helped champion a subgenre of gaming, so I I think it definitely yeah. fits on the list. Mm-hmm. Metroidvania, yeah, I never I've never played it, never played it. That's you can play it on your PS4 now, and I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, I I didn't know it was available on the PS4. Yep, huh. yep. That one's well, that one's damned. great. Um, basically, all the Game Boy ones that came out after that are also excellent because they are all all in the same vein of uh, um, game there yeah. as well. Is it Curse of the Moon? Uh, or is Circle of the Moon rather? Um, is it the GBA one that I I really like now? Yeah. At the time, it was terrible. And it was terrible because the Game Boy SP was not out yet. And Yo, that yeah, game is see dark as oh, hell. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Having, I, having so, a lighted um, screen helps an awful lot for, for some of those. But yeah. Tangentially, oh my God. I, I need to. Uh, yeah. Go. <laughs> I was, I was going to say really quickly, I had that advance. My parents wouldn't buy me the SP because they already bought me the advance. Oh, no. Countless, <laughs> countless drives of like us going home from visiting family and trying to catch the last 
little beacon of sunset <laughs> on my screen as I'm playing a game on street, my advance. Street lights passing over uh, on the highway. Yeah, you just gotta yeah, you get like two seconds of turning game. with each street light as it Dude, goes by. That, Dude, oh my that god. That SP yeah. changed my life. I got it before I moved one year and everywhere I went, I played that SP with Pokemon mm-hmm. Red and or Ruby and stuff. That thing was, a, that's one of the yep. best cons. It could fold and go into your pocket. I could fold that yep. thing they and put it in my really toted that clamshell design. Oh, Reggie I got up it. there with his I big mitts yeah. and he crushed it in his hand and he was like, clamshell design. But it was cool. It was cool. It no one's denying that. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite possessions is my little dongle that lets you uh, put headphones on that SP. Because yep. for whatever reason, that's the only thing it didn't have was the, uh, oh, yes. the headphone oh, jack. Yes. So that little that little dongle is something gold. that... Yeah, it's, it's absolute gold at this point. It was... Uh, so. That same design idea was later stolen by the iPhone. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Shay, you said you actually... You pulled a fourth one out of your ass? What do we got I here? Did. I thought, did. I thought of one, and I wish I would have thought of this sooner. Uh, some people are going to disagree on which one should be included there call of duty modern warfare the first one has to absolutely be on the list um for me that started a lot of online gaming and i think that started a lot of online gaming for a lot of people uh that was back in 2007 when online gaming was just starting to really become a thing and man was that was that such a huge huge game changer for so many people being able to play uh a game with you know seven other friends online and being able to hear the sheer amount of obscenities uh yelled at you on a day-to-day basis was just that that became a main staple in it's like gaming being home. Is, yeah <laughs> it's, like, hey, it's just dad came back like after home. 12 years of going on a cigarette <laughs> running break I actually thought you were going to put that on your list cuz I I know how much you play and that was a pivotal game and uh in history, um, would you did you ever play the remaster? Just curious. I actually did not. Um, I because they no wait. I did. I did play it for maybe like half an hour. That was during uh, what was that during 2016, 2017, I believe. So when that came out, and if I'm remembering correctly, and during that time, we had so many games to play that I just never got around to it. Um, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. but I. I love that series during that time. Um, I especially love the online play. Obviously, that carried into Modern Warfare 2, which I think a lot of people will probably say Modern Warfare 2 is the, uh, is the one that more, more so should go on that list. But I disagree. The first one uh, really opened the door for online gaming for so many people. For, again, for the average person. I think that game opened that door. And um, yeah, it, it, it also... Granted, Halo, I think Halo, you can make the case for that as well, especially the original one. But it between Halo and this game, I felt like they gave single-player campaigns, uh, they gave it an actual story in shooters, especially uh, first-person shooters. Yeah. Like, I think of, like... For what it, it's worth, yeah, yeah. I remember love. I'm not even lying to you. I remember at the time really... Being imp- I was so impressed by that game. I, Josh didn't end up liking it as much as I did, which is fine. But I remember I actually mailed that game to Josh. That was a real game that I mailed to Josh. And I was like, hey, you should check this out. Um, and I don't, I don't remember him being too impressed with it. But at the time, I was, was like, I was, I was really surprised how good it was. Like, Dude, the, the, the storyline was, was surprisingly it. good. Um, 
and I even I had respect for the multiplayer too. I just remember playing like level twenty and being like, "This is great," but it's not for me. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna sit around playing multiplayer games all day online. But uh, you were bad at like, it. Just t- say what happened. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, come on, Morgan. You dropped out of college because of World of Warcraft. You definitely didn't have an issue with playing online games every day. That was well. That was way before World of Warcraft was like two thousand. Wasn't it three or four or something? Listen, like some of us can be addicted to MMOs and finish college. Just be smarter. <laughs> I, I could not. Not when someone wanted to raid Scarlet Monastery at five in the morning. I had to be there. Um, oh, man, bring back sad memories. Deep uh, cuts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Deep, okay, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare. All right. All right. Well, Josh can continue his uh, well, continue the eye roll. Believe it or not, Josh, I don't think you'll hate the reasoning behind this as as well. Uh, so, of course, my fourth choice would be the wonderful Red Dead Redemption Two, um, but maybe not for the reasons that you might you might think. It's the horse uh, balls, with a lo- right? Was- the horse. Yes, that's okay. It. All right. If you don't see these horse balls before you die, um, then what kind of life did you really live? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think the thing, there's a lot of narrative based games that I tried to avoid because for me, it's really hard to like nail a narrative based, you need to experience this before you die game. I kind of flirted with the last of us and stuff like that. And even though to me, this is sort of like one of those epics, you know, like the Iliad or the Odyssey, if you will. Um, I, you know, it's going (laughs) to, these, these once in a lifetime epics, um, for me, the biggest reason why I would want people to experience this game, even if you have to find to slog through the slow intro or get somebody else to help you, because I know that a lot of people struggle with the controls and stuff like that, uh, would just be to get to the open world because, um, like even whenever we did our game of the year podcast that year, people, people might not believe this, but Josh actually did give red dead Two an award for best ecosystem. Um, that was the mm-hmm. only time that we agreed on an award. And that's the biggest reason for this award when I thought about it was I'd, I'd want to show people, like, when I was a kid, I dreamed of, like, video games could make a world, like, just incredibly detailed and realistic in a way that was, like, fascinating, but still very much a, a video game, you know? And yeah. you can do it in, you can do it in, like, fantasy settings and all that stuff, too, and that's great. It's not necessarily a preference for the realism or anything. But the, the, the way this game handles um i was looking up there are 200 species of animals birds and fish all of which behave and respond to their environment in a unique way yeah. deer bison pronghorn traverse the plains in large herd scavengers quickly sniff out carrion sockeye salmon leap upstream wolves attack in packs surrounding the prey um geese fly in fixed formations possums play dead rodents scamper into the tree hollows like the the detail they put yeah. into the wildlife is what i would want people to yeah absolutely i am 100 percent on board for that reason. Uh, I, I have remem- I have memories of us getting together to play Red Dead Redemption 1, which I think is a much better story overall. And But us, we went into the mountains to explore, to see, what we, let's, oh, let's, yeah, let's go yeah. hunting, let's see what we can find. And it was just empty. We ran yeah. around in the woods with nothing there, nothing to see. Um, and I, like, I, I still remember that. I still remember that empty feeling because... Like it was, it was, it was. The story was amazing in one. I just, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, but like you said, the world is so unbelievably fleshed out in Red Dead, Red Dead Two. Um, that yeah, it's, it yeah, is, it is yeah. absolutely worth experiencing that world. 
that's probably the only thing you really got into was like the hunting and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the thing. Like if the story doesn't connect with you or whatever, I'm not even trying to, I'm not even asking people to play the whole goddamn game. I personally loved it, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, isn't the prologue the most world, of it? Spe- <laughs> I'm saying it's no, well, it's like, it's a, it's a slow hour. Believe me. Um, <laughs> I, I remember at the end of the prologue, I was like, good God, now I'm putting a wheel in my wagon. Kill me now. You know, to be, to be fair, I won't shit on the prologue of Red Dead 2 because the worst part of the game is the epilogue. <laughs> I know, I know. You've expressed that to me before, Rich. Uh, I, do, I don't necessarily agree with you because the other day I was replaying some of the prologue and guess what? I was scooping poop. I was scooping cow you poop the and putting it into a barrel. So come on. My yeah, favorite part epilogue. of the epilogue is when you paint your house and watch it dry. Good stuff. Anyways, the point point being, just spend like five to ten hours in that open world if you can, because the work they put into just the wildlife and how you can interact with it and what it does to me is just really, really fascinating. And most games are not going to even try to put that much work into the wildlife because it's not a priority. Like there are games with great wildlife, like Breath of the Wild. There's a good amount of wildlife stuff like that, but. I don't know if we'll see this for a long time, and not because other people couldn't necessarily do it, but Rockstar spent God knows how many years and how much money and a big chunk of that time focusing on this thing, and I don't think other people will want to do that. So it's just a cool thing for me. The only game that's comparable in my mind is Horizon Zero Dawn with their mechs um, and the way they act. Mm -hmm. But Red Dead's just on another level in terms of that. As much shit as I've given you recently for ramming the red dead dick down our throat um no i still think it is a i think it is a good to great game uh, it wasn't red before he started but he just won't drop it <laughs> it's true rdd but yeah I, th- I think it's a good to great game i think that that element the whole ecosystem aspect of it is phenomenal it is absolutely phenomenal it's so phenomenal that you know there are all these funny videos that came out right when it was released of like uh, deer just randomly running in front of you and then you going <laughs> bowling over on horses and stuff. And it reminded me of this time when I was driving back to my college town um, after having gone out of town in a failed attempt to try and go hiking somewhere, but it was too snowy. And I was driving back into town and a vehicle, or sorry, a deer on the right side of my vehicle ran right into my truck. Like I, I, I didn't hit it from in front or behind. It ran into my vehicle on the side. So just <laughs> Red, Red Dead, Red Dead always, always uh, uh, uh-huh. manages to bring back that wonderful memory. I, I, I will say this is the very last thing I'll say, and it's interesting. There is one just to show how crazy it is in this game. There is one. Now I won't go into spoilers. She asked me not to do any spoilers. There is a place you go to in the middle of a game. It is a different environment, and you're only there for about two hours. And they and they literally crafted an entirely new environment for this one place you're in for two hours. And the wildlife there is all different, and it's important to get it all if you want to add that to. And Rich, you know what I'm talking about, right? The um, I don't remember okay. this at all. Well, I know. Uh, well, that explains a lot. We'll talk about it later. Um, it's it's ridiculous. It's actually almost impossible. So just I would just like to appreciate that that aspect of the game means the most to me. And hey, if you like to go fishing, bada bing, bada boom. But that's not really what this is about. Okay, Josh, bring it home. What do you got? The last one on here, and this was another tough one, kind of like we were, we were saying, trying to figure out what deserves to be on a list from a series where anything could be 
on there. And Rich and I came out on different different sides of this. He he went with the 2D Marios, and I had to go with the 3D Marios. I'm glad so, somebody did, to be quite honest with you, because I think it is important. Yeah, and I, I, I still think that the pinnacle of the 3D Marios is Super Mario Galaxy. And that yeah. is that is the that is the game, the, the the final game on my list that I think you need to play. That's a good uh, pick. It is it is. Just, it, it's it's doing a lot of the same things that the 3D Mario games have just done for years, but perfected, just done in in a way that's amazing because it's 3D, but also they they're bringing in. Like the 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 gimmick in this one is that you are on all these tiny planets uh, that have their own gravity to them, and just just trying to figure out how to use this Mario move set. That I mean, at this point, I was familiar with it, but even if even if you aren't, like, there's still enough here to to kind of to latch onto. But but figuring out how to use that in all these different types of gravity is just. Mm amazing like it's, it almost it's, adds a new a, a new dimension to yeah. 3d platforming mm-hmm. like and it works so well you yeah. like hop around to these mini it's weird yeah, yeah it's and like it felt good with the wii controllers too yeah it really does um, yeah and just like just this the, the feeling of slingshotting yourself all the way around a planet with like a really good you know like crouch jump um, yeah is just it it feels amazing. It's like it's one of the best feeling mm-hmm. things you can do in a Mario game. Just period. The thing um, I always draw people to with it is like when people like because I feel like a lot of people maybe outside gaming circles don't know that much about Galaxy in particular. And I'm always like the thing to point out they're like, oh, is it that good? It's the only 3D Mario with a direct sequel. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, it's so good that they just had to make more levels well, exactly until like Super it. Mario Iliad the Th- Iliad comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I think super. I I think uh, Super Mario 3D Land and 3D 3D World they feel connected to me. Almost yeah, no, that's way. totally fair. But also they're designed differently. Like they're, they're kind 3D, of designed to be, but they're level like based 2D and, games. They're like yeah. They're like but what what if the 2D Mario games but were just 3D. but what if 3D? Yeah, is kind of what what that one was yeah. doing and yeah. It, it's funny, Josh, because I. Not to give away one of my top ten lists, but the first the first time I actually played, I know a lot of people don't like the 3D on the 3DS, but playing 3D Land, how Nintendo utilized the 3D was so good in that game. The game itself was probably a little too easy, and I know people have com- criticisms of it that are valid, but like I couldn't believe that Nintendo was able to. I was like, how can they? After Mario Galaxy was like perfect, I'm like, how are they going to make Mario better at this point? And then it wasn't necessarily better, but they found interesting ways to do it with 3D. Uh, and then I don't know. You can make a case that Odyssey is great, but not on the level with uh, Galaxy, and maybe they yeah. it was too good. Like well, I, Odyssey's I think that's still fantastic. Those, yeah, I don't, I you'll never get a comparison. The movement I, itself I, is I, still I'm better than Odyssey, oh, yeah. but but just the the but yeah yeah, yeah. because because the levels are so outstanding in Galaxy. I think that's what kind of pushed it over. It's and designed move, the around the gimmick exactly. Like the the movement itself is better in Odyssey. But just all the worlds you get to play with that movement in Galaxy are just the best they've ever been. Um, I I guess what I was saying, Josh, and to your point, you're absolutely right. 
and Rich, is that I was thinking at the time, Mario's literally springing from world to world, planet to planet. It can't get more epic than this. Mm -hmm. And I was curious to see what they would do, what the hook would be. What was Mario's next hook? Um, a ghost and that's why... his hat. Where else could you possibly go with that? <laughs> it's the next logical progression, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it became like a blending of 2D and 3D and then 3D itself. And then who knows where they'll go. We'll probably get an Odyssey sequel, I'm guessing, at least one. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good choice. I think... I'm, I'm so shocked. Like, Morgan and I were predicting you were going to put Journey on your list, Josh. Yeah, we did predict Journey. We did. Yeah, it, again, again, this was way, way too hard to, to just get four on there. I think had Journey been on there, I probably would have had to bump Mist off the list, if any of them. Like, because... There's similar ideas kind yeah, of Yeah, similar ideas of just this lonesome experience uh, and trying to trying to figure out a world. And Journey is more about your own experience going through it and i they're very similar very similar in a lot of ways but i just i feel like mist is one of those just important for games as a whole sort of a thing is kind of the reason i gave it the edge there just i mean it was it was like the highest selling pc game for is it is it still it might still be i'm not sure i'm sure something else has beaten it by now but it was forever just forever um it was just super important to just the idea of you know how you could even make a game yeah yeah i i think it's fair to say that like if we look back on these lists in five years that we may have a very different response or we may have a very similar response the uh the journey still out on that one Uh. (laughs) and that's a great way to end it thank you so much um this is our perfect list it cannot be touched by time at all um there you have it our mount rushmore if you could just add a bunch more faces on mount the these our mount rushmore has like other faces ripping out of the faces you know like resident evil like the things where it just splits yeah like the thing yeah weirdly enough it's also in south dakota Mm. And it was started Strange. by one man, and then he died, and his son had to finish it. A lot of uh, a lot of things in common with Mount Rushmore. It's pretty crazy. It's there's yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. Um, so again, thank you for the suggestion, Aaron. And again, if if you want to be a part of the community, maybe help suggest topics, or just in general, be a part of the discussion that we have. Patreon.com/slash/sorchomp. You can help keep us alive today. Um, boom! We're gonna transition right into the first game we're discussing this week. We need to round up the Maneater discussion. Uh, I got some questions I want to ask you guys, but Shay messaged me today. I have no idea why. He said, you need to throw it to me when we talk about Maneater. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. do. And then I have a, a very specific question for all of you. Rich, by the way, got into it from last week. The shark, open world shark game from Tripwire Interactive actually finished it as well as Josh finished it. Just Shay finished it. Everyone finished it but me. I'm the only one who hasn't finished it yet. Um, that's kind game. of surprising. I know, considering you were the most excited for the game. It's a really good fucking game. Yeah. Three children. Uh, well, right, yeah, three. whose fault is that? <laughs> yeah. Here we Should go. Plan ahead, Morgan. What's what is this? Okay. So please, please, very close. Please pay very close attention. 
Josh, you were supposed to be the sensible one. I bought Maneater, and I actually went so far as to get a refund on it because I thought it was so fucking awful. And then after the last episode, I went ahead and I actually bought that fucking game again because I thought, Josh doesn't play shit games. I must be missing something. And lo and behold, here I am, level 9 shark in my third area, and this game fucking sucks. Josh, where did it go wrong, man? What happened? What happened? You were the discerning one. You were the chosen one. I love you. Sincerely, Reverend Rock and Roll. And I received <laughs> messages an hour later on top of that. I lost my fucking save in this shithole fucking game. Uh, what? It happened to him, uh, too? Yeah, well, yeah, now the I PS4 version. Yeah. You shouldn't have bought it on a console. Is he on? No, he's on PC, isn't he? He's on PC. Oh, fuck. That doesn't make sense. Well, that's why you play it all in one sitting like I did. You play it for eight <laughs> hours straight. I played it over that's a, a week and never had any issues with it. But yeah, no, I've been hearing just nothing but bugs from the console versions, which is no, well, really And now the PC sad. version, too. The, the bugs are unacceptable. Like, I'm, I'm breaking into this conversation right now, and I'm starting with the worst. I had this game shut off my system 16 times. At the end of me well, playing a bug. it, the Xbox is a terrible six, console. <laughs> no, it's not. Sixteen times, it shot off my console. I mean, it deleted the revs save on the PC. So now you're gonna call the PC a bad console too? No. Here's no, the issue. Here. Here's the issue here. <laughs> is that this game started out with a really cool idea? There are aspects of this game that are really, really fun. But my God, it is not a good game. And I will sit here and I will defend this until I'm black and blue in the face. There is fun to be had in this game, but it is not a good game. You can take it away now, Morgan. I'm going to give you a counterpoint. I agree with you. It's not a good game. It's a great game. (laughs) It's not a great game. It's not a fantastic game. It is not any synonym game. of I good agree. or great. What is happening? Where it's am not I? Any synonym <laughs> of that? It's a nightmare. And, and what what I'll say is, uh, as far as bugs go, I can only speak to problems I had, which were zero. Um, I can only speak to my experience. The bugs are an excuse. Like game breaking bugs like that are a huge problem. Problems that need to be addressed. One hundred percent agree with that. Um, What's actually funny is when you guys were talking about how, like, grimy it looked in spots, I kind of had no idea what the hell you were talking about. Like, it doesn't look phenomenal, but it looks fine. And then I saw Morgan sharing uh, videos of the PS4 version, and I almost puked on myself. Uh, <laughs> like, it re- like, I'm surprised at how bad it can look in spots. Um, that being said, like, this game just hooked me start to finish. Like, like I said, I sat down for eight hours straight and played through the in, in its entirety. I didn't do everything, but I did a lot of stuff. I thought, well, that combat's rough in spots, and I won't harp on it because we talked about it last week with the lock-on being weird and basically having no use for that. When this game is working, which for me was all the way through, it is a lot of stupid fucking fun, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I'm, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to say I agree with you to a point. Um, towards the end of the game, I, I was able to get through the rest of the game 
unimpaired, like the maybe last five hours of the game. And that was by far the most fun I had with the game because I wasn't constantly having my system shut down or being prevented from playing the game by the game. Uh, there are some really fun aspects to this game, and I was actually telling the Rev, funnily enough, shortly before this podcast, some of the things. The Apex fights are an absolute gem in the game. Yeah. They are the best part of the game. Funnily enough, I thought it would be flopping on deck to eat people. No, it's the Apex fights. That's where the yeah. most fun is because that's, that's where the, the most shark of the souls str- part. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's where most of the strategy comes from. And that is such a rewarding experience in that game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there's again, way more variety in that because it's going to be a different species for each area. Um, that orca fight. The, oh my God. The orcas are terrifying. Like they're like the, the, they are brutal. The, the hardest one is like a level 60 sperm whale fight. And they're, yes. they're the size of ships. Also your level yeah. cap is 30 and this also, thing's yes. like level so, 60. That's yeah, what, so what's worth you're pointing fighting out. a creature that's still double your level at max level, which is amazing. But the orcas are so aggressive so ridiculously aggressive yeah. that you'll just you be swimming around minding your own um, business that even if it's not an apex fight like an orca will just come out of nowhere grab you and swim off with you and it's terrifying like no matter how many times it happens fuck your shit up that they, orca apex is in it for the yeah uh, and you know what I, uh, i'll point I out too because oh sorry okay. i'll let you finish eh? i was gonna say i i'll point out real quick just because i don't want to harp on this part of it um I think the the weakest side content um, are those hunters. Uh, And I did all of them because I wanted those upgrades you get for defeating them. Because after you've beaten like the fourth one, it just becomes a rinse and repeat like and it's just time consuming uh, and just kind of fucking boring, to be quite honest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I was I enjoyed those at the beginning because they were all like different gimmicks or whatever. The last five are just feel like a slog. The last five are basically all the same. Like once once you get the first one that has a. Like lightning generator underneath the boat. All all of them past that are the same. They're just the same fight, just with more crap going on. I I did Um, them all because I wanted those um, electric uh, shark upgrades like mm -hmm. the uh, the bioluminescent uh, upgrades. Yeah, you you were an electric fan there. Oh yeah, I went full bioluminescent shark. All right, I I was I uh I'm 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 OCD, so of course I had to I had to min max my my build there. So I'm mostly bone, but uh, you got to go with shadow teeth and tail. Is is the way to do that. Bone is really really powerful. Bone is really powerful. Um, I I would agree with you, Rich, because I feel like. I I finished the game this morning, but I haven't finished all those those fights. I actually want to go back just for the uh the achievement sake of doing that because I I have no need for the upgrades anymore. But just to grind out those infamy levels is such a fucking boring slog. It's so boring. Yeah. Well, when well, you, the higher the, the only the, thing I'd say about that is it happens on its own if you're doing the other quests because some of the other quest, other quests are just to you know eat as many people at a like eat 15 people at this beach and by the time you're done with that 
one of the other guys will show up too. Is kind of yeah. how I. I mean, the later that, ones but... not so. The later ones you really do just have to kind of hang around and cause trouble yes. for for a while. Yes, for a while. I, this is this yeah, is my yeah, larger exactly. my larger thing here, and I can pivot this off a question I was going to ask Shay because I think it explains a lot about this game on a grand scale. This is the thing I don't quite understand, Shay, because we, I know we've been talking about this game a lot over the week. Um, and I know you started off this conversation by launching right in. You're like, this game is, sucks. And you were in North Carolina the whole week how you thought it sucked. And this, So you have a game that sucks. It shut, kicked you off the game 16 times. And you're not, not only finished it, but are considering going back to get achievements. What is going on? He um, hates himself. Well... First off, like I've kind of gotten into that loop this year that I've that I was in ten years ago of like if I start a game, I really want to just put it to bed, like so it doesn't linger and hang around, and that includes achievements. Um, I'm pretty much done with all the achievements at this point, and like I said, there are some really fun aspects to this game. They really are, but the issue is if you have game breaking glitches like that, your game has to be your gameplay has to be fucking phenomenal in order for you to overlook those game breaking glitches you look at something like almost any bethesda game um where they do have game breaking glitches in those games right but the gameplay is fun enough for me and for a lot of people to look past some of those game breaking glitches um and to take the risk of playing those games because if like at the end of the day if i'm close to finishing fallout 3 and the game randomly deletes my data of course i'm gonna be fucking pissed but at the same time i'm gonna be like oh darn i guess i have to start this wonderful fucking game over again right but with this game that's with this game there's an issue of the gameplay loop some aspects of it are great like i said the apex fights are awesome upgrading your shark to see what it's gonna look like is pretty fun um, searching for some of those items was actually a lot of fun as well, minus going into the sewers all the time. I really didn't like going into those sewer areas. They had too many but sewers. I'll give you that. Th- yeah. But the gameplay loop did not make up for the glitches. It did not make up for the jankiness of the combat, because that combat is fucking jank at times. But I will. I'm going to come back a little bit on that and say... Josh, to some point, was right that once you learn that you don't need to incorporate certain mechanics that they showed you, the game becomes a lot more playable. And this is what I was going to try and say earlier about that that uh, Apex uh, sperm whale fight that you have to do. On that level 60 fight, you really have to have a handle on certain mechanics while you completely ignore the other mechanics. And... It didn't make sense to me why they included some mechanics if they're not going to be helpful for you in the game, which that, that and that's part of why I say the combat is so janky. And, I, and that's part of why I say the game is bad, because they include these elements that you just don't need. But when you learn what you don't need, the combat becomes less janky and it becomes somewhat more enjoyable as a result. So I just don't I just don't, it's just weird to me to hear like the game is bad, but uh, I'm and it shut my console down 16 times, but I finished it and I'm going to go back and play it some more. Like I, what I hear there is what I think is happening on a larger scale is the game sucks because I also think it sucks. But the concept of playing as a shark is so cool that 
I'm also continuing to play it. Uh, there's no other shark games out there. This is basically the only one other than Jaws Unleashed on the PS2. Um, the, the combat is a janky mess. It's mashy. The visuals are not great. My save file did get erased, and that wasn't even the problem. This game is made for me. This is like a dream come true, and I'm just constantly like... Everything in this game is mediocre except the narration from Chris Parnell, which is great. Um, yeah. I think that is actually pretty awesome. But like the game and the the concept is so amazing. But like, why why am I continuing to play it? Why are you continuing to play it? This game is not thing, it's not good. It's being received terribly. It's just it's an awesome concept. It's an amazing concept. It's an open world shark game, and it is it is perfectly mediocre. I'm Maybe not, sucks is a bit strong. I I. I agree with a lot of what you're saying to a point. I think towards the end of the game, the combat gets less just mash, 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 mash. And that's actually what I was talking about with uh, the apex uh, whale that you have to fight. The The strategy there is you can't mash because this thing takes like a fourth or a fifth of your health each time it swings its tail at you or takes a chomp out of you. And it's not the fastest creature in the world, but it, if it hits you, it hits fucking hard. So you actually have to employ a strategy of biting once or twice, evade. And you have to do this just constant yeah. biting and evading. And that is the, so that is the strategy At the very there. end of the game, and there's it, fun. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. What I'm, saying, what I'm saying here is, yes, I agree with you. Most of the game is just button mash. Towards the end of the game, it, there is a little bit more strategy involved there. And it's also dependent on when you approach certain... Um, challenges as well like I think I was yeah. level 6 and I went and fought the apex crocodile which was a level 15 I had to do the same exact yeah, thing I, I took a same. few chomps swam away came back when he was unsuspecting took a few chomps ran away and rinse and repeat now does that mean that the level of button mashing is, like goes away no like there's still a ton of button mashing but uh, and I think that's why they try to include some of the other um mechanics but they just didn't work out like i don't think i ever used throwing and like throwing an enemy at another enemy or anything like that which you can do but it just felt janky mm. to do it see i'm i think part of this is just again like you said the, the when you want to do a challenge the literally the first thing i did in this game was go fight the level eight crocodile or As alligator a pup. yeah i did the same exact yeah thing. i was level one I'm like oh there's something that I clearly am not meant to fight. Let's go kill it and learn the combat immediately. And and the game rewards you for doing stuff like there's that. Not, for... Yeah, there's there's not like there, there's enough depth to the combat there. But like you said, if you just go through and kill only things that are your own level or lower, it's gonna be boring. It's yeah. There's not much to it. Like it's if you if you want the challenge to be there it will be there and the combat is deep enough to sustain that but they're not going to make you do that is kind of the thing but like again you have to do like, a lot of really boring quests kill 10 fish kill 10 humans over and over and over those do you get really repetitive i'm not going to disagree and the with combat, you there. what's so great about the combat you smash the r2 button or you can well, duck and evade that's it it's it's less about you it's can... less about the combat and the, more about the situations you get into. And that's I think that's the thing that kind of was the saving grace of the combat for me that allowed me to keep playing is the further you get into the game, um, the apex fights like I was talking about, most fun part of the game 
they require a different strategy. You're eventually going to get to a place, Morgan, um, if you continue to play the game, if you continue to do some of these side missions, where you're going to have to fight things that um, have more teeth, so to speak. So right now, like, oh, you have to go eat 10 fish, but then there are kind of uh, crocodile or alligators kind of circling around the general area, and you just got to evade those. Yes, those get boring, but it eventually gets to the point to where you have to eat hammerhead sharks. You have to eat 10 of those, and swimming around those are orcas and whales. So it really becomes a strategy at that point, and it's about these different situations that you're thrown in. And I think that there was almost enough variety for me to say, okay, this is adequate. There are some of those fights that are super fun. A lot of them are saney, like you're saying, Morgan, and it drags it out a little bit too long for my taste. Um, also, this is uh, not really a testament to the game uh, in its current state, but this is something I was giving some thought to. It's worth noting who made this. It's Tripwire, uh, the Killing Floor people. People who stick around to support games, Tripwire is very high on that list. Uh, they will fix problems, They will, and if they treat this anything like they treated the Killing Floor series, they will fucking churn out content for it. Well, I hope so, because it's been like one of the roughest... Since we've been doing this podcast in 2016, I've never lost a save file. Uh, I've never not seen a game on the store when it was released. Um, I've never like had multiple well, emails that's to the not company really rejected. Tripwire's fault that it didn't appear on the store front. I don't know whose fault it is. It, I'm just it's, saying it's a little it's strange. Sony's it, fault. That's it's, the only, yeah. Literally, it's clear who's. There's only one person whose fault that can be. There's, you, there's no mm, there's about literally it. no one else in charge of the fucking store. You can well, if you search for a man eater, it wouldn't even show up that it's, way in the search. Yeah, because there and was a no, problem on the PlayStation search. storefront. Like, no, like I'm I'm willing to give a lot of criticism where it's due to this game. That's not one of them. It's like Sony no, it's didn't not. put it on their if storefront. You, well, if you remember uh, back, you say that, Josh, if but you, you remember back to when uh Super Meat Boy was supposed to be released and Xbox bungled that. You're not going to blame Team Meat for that, and that's the same situation here. This has nothing to do with the publisher or the developers. This has everything to do with the people who put that on their storefront. They like the no, the I team could, has no them, they they have no control about what work. goes onto that store. They present their artwork or their art form, and then the company and then put Sony it on puts store. it on publishes it on the store. Okay, well, in the four years I've tried to buy a game, I've never had a game not show up. That doesn't make it the developer's fault. It's I'm just <laughs> saying it's it's no, not. You're a not good saying look. you're implying. You're implying, and we're calling you out on that shit. There's yes, there's a well, lot of criticism this game deserves. Well, that even me, who's shitting on it, this is not one of them. Well, but you're shitting on it so flip floppy. Like you said, it sucked. You you shat on it right at the beginning and dumped all over it with the revs message and said it sucked. And then you're like, oh, yo, actually, it's it doesn't make any sense. None, this game doesn't I'm make any sense. Because a, I'm supposed to be objective. B, just because your feelings got hurt doesn't mean everyone else or even one person is going to share the feelings exactly the same way you do. And I don't, I really don't know why you do this sometimes, where you try and make sure there's one person who's kind of standing next to you to champion the exact same feelings and thoughts you have. Because we're a podcast who has four very different opinions. That's why there are four people here, right? So. Because you're you told me it was for tax reasons. Larger, oh, you're, okay, you're, that because was you're, you're magnifying my my larger point, which is that 
this game sucks, but people continue to play it. It's it's a it's a phenomenon of sorts. Uh, I don't know, like literally a bad game that shut your system down sixteen times, and you're gonna keep playing it. It makes no logical sense at look, all. Well, that's look, damaging and, my body, but I keep doing look, it. And look, there's, what are you gonna happens, tell me that's gonna make that make any sense? The, look, people do that for everything. Like, look at music that sucks what? that millions of people still listen to. Movies that like really Lincoln aren't Park. that good that people still fucking heap awards at. It's just the way of the world. And like I just told you, I want to finish the game's achievements. I, I mean, you know, you know, of all people, besides Josh, you know how easily addicted I get to that shit. You fucking know. And you should with, know yes, that you should, no, 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 no. You should know <laughs> that like. that's my personality. And I don't know why 10 years later, that's a shock to you. I, 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 do you not know me that with, well? You know that's my personality, with, man. With the games you love, yes. But like, I've never heard you tell me a game was bad and it shut your system down 16 times, but you want to get all those achievements. That's it's not confounding. true. I've played it's games that are actually good. finished Death Stranding. He just didn't want to give you the satisfaction of knowing that. He's, we've been keeping that from you. <laughs> he, he well, felt Josh, you put to finish it. It was our, he told our, us in confidence. Yeah, our our Instagram audience was pretty impressed because you put the game down. You said you clapped um, when it was over, and they were like, "So, so tell me about that. You you finished the game. You put it down. You clapped. What's going on?" I clapped in kind of the the game ends basically where the show would end with a very satisfactory for the genre sort of an ending yeah like it's really good like like man has destroyed the shark but at what cost sort of a thing <laughs> yeah it's and spoiler. it's just really good. well like that's telling you the spoiler to every shark thing ever <laughs> but it's like it's just it's it is so it is still a spoiler and with a it's good still a spoiler it's been out for a week josh come on oh come on and with a good old oh, chris parnell next, next week on man eater <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. With like a guess, yeah. we can't do a chomping after dark now on Man Eater, Josh. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. My, my, yes. My larger point is not to uh, rattle Shay around and get him upset. My no, it is. is that, it is. Let's be honest. I, it is because it is. Don't 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 try and I, deny because it. it is. It's it's not because that's my exact point that I wrote down was that. This game sucks. I'm still playing it. This game sucks. Why am I still playing it? This game is bad. Why am I still playing it? And I believe it's just because the concept is so cool. I believe that an open world shark game is such a cool concept. I don't think that's that it even for me because executing it in a mediocre fashion is good enough. I didn't care when I saw the concept a million times and I was like, oh, that's neat. And it kind of did nothing for me. And then I started actually playing it and I couldn't put it down. That makes no fucking sense, Rich. God damn it. You even told game. me that. It's really oh. solid. And again, I think part of it is just, like we said, the two of us that it clicked with are the two that kind of got into the actual combat systems early on and tried to figure out what's making it tick. Because it is a game that you can button mash your way through if you wanted to. Like, like you're saying, there's enough low level stuff that if you just want to kill whatever is absolutely the easiest to right now you can do you it you can do that you can but the fun comes in that. challenging yourself yeah and, and exactly like there's the challenge in fighting stuff that you probably shouldn't be fighting yet there's the challenge in uh, a lot of the exploration stuff is mm -hmm. yeah. like trying to get to these license plate because you're eating license plates it's, there, there are a lot of like silly just kind of sharks yeah. will eat anything jokes through the thing and the um, further you can launch yourself as you get bigger and like play with yeah. those air yeah, um, yeah. Um, 
but like trying to figure out how to get to those before you really should can be really fun as well. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot I was saving for the show that I didn't tell you guys. I was in like the fourth area before I realized that um, you have to put the experience into skills mm-hmm. and level them up in the grotto. And I was like, this game's getting hard. And <laughs> Wait, are uh, there skills? Are you talking about like leveling up? Are you talking about leveling, leveling, leveling up, the up the, like the upgrades you get or are there actual skills? Yeah, yeah. The, the upgrades. Well, I mean, to be fair, oh, okay. some of those mutations are skills like the uh, they are like, you know, like very limited. I think there's like two. Yeah, like each of the each of the tails gives you like a different take on the, on the a, dash, like the throw thing. Oh, yeah. And, and then like the, the fins, like the fins, I think, are the yeah, like the the fins are your evade button like that. Yeah, kinda, which um, the electric one I really liked is when you evade, you discharge electricity around you, which yeah. is like. The whole gameplay perspective, like I was saying, I played the bioelectric shark, mm-hmm. like basically all the way through. Like the whole gameplay mechanic there is like you're stun locking enemies, yeah, which made yep. like the orca fight super interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That that's really cool. The uh, the the bodies, those upgrades are essentially like a uh, sort of like an ultimate thing where you like you buff yourself for like ten seconds or so. Um, yeah. What was the the stone body one with that? I don't remember. The a bioelectric one is just you're discharging electricity they're, like actively. The, the bone ones are the bone really body not different one. enough because uh, they're all basically just minor boosts to a variety of stats. Uh, yeah, with with a couple things to to have uh, like the, the the electric one. Whenever you bash in or like whenever you whenever you do the the speed boost like. Like all, all of them give you something whenever you do a speed boost. Like the bioelectric yeah. one will stun stuff whenever you hit it. Um, yep. The the stone the bone one, body, the the bone body one basically makes damage. you hit ships harder. That's that's the big one. Yeah. It makes you ram into ships harder. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, that makes you sense. Hit, you yeah. hit ships really hard with that one. And the I think it even says the in description, shadow one. I think it's just ideal does for... like a like an AOE of of poison around okay. you whenever you hit. That's stuff. cool. Yeah, I think the stone one even says, like, in its description, like, the whole gimmick of it is, this is ideal for taking down ships. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I didn't care, because I took down ships by jumping onto the deck and flopping around until they exploded. Mm-hmm. Because by that <laughs> point, I had the amphibious right. perk, and had buffed it to the point that I could be on a beach for, like, ten minutes at a time. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, th- that's one thing uh, I will I say wanna, about I the game is... This. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one quick thing. Um, I, I I found this, and I think this will clear this up. This is, a, this is directly from Sony, and it said, uh, we apologize for anyone that had issues pulling up Maneater on our store during the late hours uh, when this game was first released. Um, our quality assurance checked out the game, and apparently it was just too terrible for us to put on the store uh-huh. at time. <laughs> okay. And we do want to apologize. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Um, no, I knew I, it was thing, fake, but I didn't know where he was going with it. Yeah, we were wait, yeah, waiting no, to he, see he what the uh, what well. the punchline was. It. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I will say this: uh, the game does a good job of progressing you um, along, and it does it at a pretty quick pace, pretty rapid pace, which is nice. Like Rich, you said, you were able to fin- finish the game in one sitting. Um, I spent a considerable more amount of time with that. Uh, because what I did was I 
instead of doing all the missions, I literally went to every single area you could as a, a fucking child shark. Like, literally mm. every single area. That's fun, and, though, yeah. And I was searching for all the collectibles, and then I eventually upgraded to teen, and I will not forget the first time when I was a teen shark, and I ran into the first sperm whale. I was like, fuck this, level 45. <laughs> I'm, not t- <laughs> I'm not touching that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, will, I, I think it does a really good job of if you want to take it slow and level up, um, it's a good way to do that. Or if you want to kind of just speed ahead like you guys did. I think that game, the game has a pretty well-developed balance on that. I will say the biggest disappointment of this game besides it um, completely restarting my system which is still, I'm saying it's inexcusable at this point, is in the Bay Area, in the very corner of the map, um, you can find a kaiju, a little hatch, and Mm -hmm. I was so, so disappointed that you don't get to fight a kaiju in the game. I was hoping that... That would be just amazing. That and is, that might be something a DLC. That needs to be a DLC or yeah, something. That like is something I can picture Tripwire putting out. Yeah. yeah. That is 100% something I could picture them putting out along with like, you know, fight a prehistoric shark. Like just that's the kind of shit they did with Killing Floor. Uh and I I fully expect us to see it come to fruition here just new I, weird upgrades and I th- I think that's the biggest thing about this game is I think that's what kept one besides the combat as i realized besides the button mashing like all the different things it was trying to do um which there are some very bad things about the combat but there are some things that it did right is the potential like morgan was talking about the potential this game has uh as you're getting further in the game you're like what what's going to happen next kind of thing and that potential is exciting and the potential if they fix this game and what they do with potential dlc is what's really exciting and I think I said uh, potential like I, 12 yeah. times in that sentence, and I apologize. <laughs> I, I will say that even though, class. even though I like to give you guys shit, and I do think it's a mediocre game, I think it's okay to like a mediocre game. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, Yeah, we don't give you that much shit um, about Death Stranding. I... <laughs> I sh- I'm going to start a Death Stranding counter. Ding, ding, Rich, ding. Rich, you Rich totally give him so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, a good correlation I have is actually another amazing dream concept, but mediocre execution was that uh, Final Fantasy fishing game that I was so excited about. It's called Monsters of the Deep. I love that game dearly. I will platinum that game probably one. That game is not good. It is not a good game, but... It's the it's only. Not, but I had fun with it. It's the only VR. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, "Hey, this game sucks," but I loved it. I just I don't want people to be under the impression well, that this it's game a great didn't game. Suck. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. That's that's the thing. We've been talking about bugs and stuff. If you're planning on getting on console, just just don't. Uh, maybe or wait until they fixed it. Yeah, I'm that's sure what they I'm saying. Like, give point. it give it a couple months and check check the forums see what's been fixed check their patch notes and stuff cuz it is not mm-hmm. it, like it should it absolutely should not have been released in the state it is in the state it's on, in yeah on, on it, it seems like they pushed um, the console too quick because it was just pc for the longest time and then they were just recently they were like hey we're going to launch on consoles yeah, it feels it just, like it was, it was not, rushed it was not ready for that um, even some of that like i said you shared that video morgan it looks so muddy on console compared to the pc version Really? Like okay. li- yeah. literally, I I was I knew it wasn't gonna look as good as the PC version, but I was shocked at how much worse you were surprised. it was. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I don't, 
I think that our best bet would be Maneater 2. I'm not saying they shouldn't continue to work on this game, but I think this game will probably sell well. And I would, I think that Maneater 2 could be really, really cool. And again, the concept of this game is amazing. You're fighting bosses like alligators and sperm whales. You know what's, shark leveling up. That's awesome. It's you know just what's crazy uh, about that notion, actually, Morgan, is when I finished this game, one of my immediate thoughts was, what does a Maneater 2 look like? And my immediate hope do? was that there are, like, three different sharks you can choose from being. Like, you could start as a hammerhead shark and you have a totally different skill set. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh it's, like Grand, it's like Grand Theft Auto V. You're robbing a bank with somebody, and then you switch mm-hmm. to another character. And <laughs> no, it would not take forever to get going <laughs> and um, then be disappointing. Yeah, GTA V. Look, yeah, you know, no, I, this I wanna, game is yes. basically everything GTA has wanted to be over the, la- over the, over year, the years. And, uh, yeah, no. Managed to do it better. Um, the the bugs aside, which are not that that's something you don't overlook, especially if you're getting on console. It's that 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 shit needs to be fixed. Um, I just I I loved exploring and finding the extra stuff. Some of the side missions do get repetitive, like you're saying at at the beginning. It is so much fun to eat people on a beach and stuff. Uh, I think part of it is because you're a little shark and it takes so many bites to actually kill somebody up on a beach. Um, by the end of or the game, for the first time is fun. Killing a golfer is fun at first. Oh my God. I had so much fun. Oh, that one's hilarious. Flopping up on golf courses and just eating everyone there. Stopping um, in the, in the water hazard just to cool off. And yeah. Then cool cool off out. and then hop back out and eat more people golfing. Um, but by the end of the game, they're all basically one or two bites and it's just, it's not fun in the same way because it doesn't feel like you're as much of the underdog. By the end of the game, you are strong enough that you start to empathize with the villain. You're like, oh no, we're really wrecking some shit. Like, you are the apex predator. Yeah, you are. Like you've you've destroyed so much stuff by the end of the game, um, that you you do you start to empathize because some of those. Uh, some of those side missions do just get repetitive at that point. Um, do you, you think you, maybe they so many they, people? Do you think maybe they so wait a little too? Wait, maybe they wait a little too long to give you certain things because, like, even though I liked being a baby shark, I didn't. I don't get think the, so because it's not a very long game, dude. I have seven hours and I'm at the third area already. I um, beat the game in eight. Man, you must have flew through it because I um no I, I really didn't percented I, it in like thirteen. I did a lot of oh, the that's stuff. A lot of hours. I what, well, I, well, that's what I was trying to say still. was that I I didn't get the I didn't get the ability to spin into things until like an hour ago. Like all I had for the whole beginning of the game, several several hours, was the stone teeth, and I'm like, that's all I had for like the first three right. areas, and I'm just like, they give you those more? based off the side missions, and I mean, I don't know if you just didn't notice when you got those, but finishing a specific type of side mission in a zone gives you an upgrade. So you mean the, like if you can, if you do all the license plates or something, all like the that? license plates, all the predators, all the, you get upgrades for that. Oh my God. That'd be great. So yeah. If you, if yeah, you, you finish upgra- all of them like in a zone, you do, you get, get upgrades for three, three in each of them, three in each zone. Um, oh, but so a lot though. Uh, it's man. just, if if you if you fly through the game, well, it's not even a matter of flying through the game because you can still level up and you'll end up being stronger, but you won't have the upgrades to make it more complex. 
And then there are other upgrades tied, like the bioelectric upgrades are all tied to those your infamy level, to your, those to your infamy level, yeah. which is carried throughout the whole well, world. But you guys may not even notice this, but I found out the hard way that if you're not killing those hunters, you will not get quests in the game. So I went through three levels of the game not giving me any marked story missions until I killed another hunter. I didn't. I didn't realize they were mandatory. Not, yeah. They do not. Sir, the first they do not explain that very well at all. At all, like the, well, in the second more, zone, I, I do want to admit that to... I ran into the same issue as you did, okay. and uh, it's yeah, it's not very well explained. It's like a it's like a tiny little sentence, like raise your infamy level in the, the quest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I just wish that they would have made that a little bit clearer because that's, that's actually quest, inevitably though. one of the reasons why I went through the entire map in the game trying to figure out what I do next. I was like, I've literally gone everywhere. I've done all these side missions. Uh, that I can do at this level. That's what happened to me, yeah. Why am I not going to the like the next mission, actual mission? It's like, oh, yeah, I it doesn't give you an exclamation level. point or anything like but that. But it's right there in the breakdown of like to like, move the, on to you, the next you area. You your new quest, and it's like you, you've got like four criteria, I think. It's like raise your infamy to what, what is like level two or three. Yeah, it's um, two or three. I don't know. Where remember. does it and say that? Need, I didn't see that. It's at the all. quest you get as soon as you. I think it's right after you do one of the fights with what? um when you um, when you go to the quest screen if you just look it literally gives you the criteria you have to complete to move on to the next area. Yeah. Well that and it pops well, up right after mm. the mission before it as well cuz yeah, it yeah. shows you the so new quest whenever you pick it up. Okay. Yeah, um, I just thought it just wasn't I let's put it that way. Up to that point I was just following the exclamation points and then suddenly they stopped showing up. Well, and I, I think the I, problem I, is there's no way to telegraph that because there's nowhere to send you to to do it. You just got to do it. Yeah. Well, that was the weird thing that they weren't happening more often by just killing humans. Maybe it was just bad luck. But like, yeah, I leveled up three times, and I was like, I almost messaged Shay. I was like, What am I doing wrong? Because yeah. I'm not getting well, story missions anymore. Your your infamy will cap until you fight one of the other enemies. So if you kill a bunch of people and then run away, you'll be you'll be stuck at the same level for forever. That until you happen, kill that hunter. Until you until yeah. you kill like one of the ships. You have to kill like two ships or something, and two or not ships, but like two of the little especially at that point of the game they're like little hovercraft or whatever little airboats um, yeah yeah that they send after you you kill a couple of those and they'll send one of the like boss hunters after you mm -hmm. but, but I, um, to be fair i was maybe it was bad luck i was doing all the side stuff just because it's like that checklist thing that feels good to fill out a list mm -hmm. but i think for my problem was i had like nine of 12 10 of 15 7 of 9 i never completed all of them in an area some of them i just thought like oh this is an ability i need later because this license plate is way out of reach i didn't realize that feeling checking those off would give you upgrades to the shark which is like yeah Huge. In the first zone, you can't get all of the upgrades right away. There are a couple of them that you just can't get until way later. And you like are not tasked reachable. with coming back to that area as part of a quest to open another area later on. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. So that so it just seemed like for me, even on top of the frustrations I was have, like nothing was going right. I couldn't. It just felt like everything was going wrong for me, which was a bummer. But. I think if I just, at the end of the day, I was telling Shay about this, if I enjoyed the combat more, I probably, like, at the end of the day, if your gameplay is great, you know, then I feel like I can, the other stuff will be noticeable, but not the end of the world. And I just never got into the combat as much as you guys did. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of tricks I think you would have had a different opinion tell you at all. It's, it's, it's that, stuff you kind of have to I, figure out on your own. 
I think you would have had a different opinion if you had gotten a lot of those upgrades sooner as well, which is something I ran into because uh, I didn't raise my infamy right away and I didn't go through that yeah. natural progression. So I think that's part I was of it. Bored, unfortunately. Long, bored longer than I needed to be. Yeah, because even being able to spin as the shark is better because I can. Sp- I, it's been like seven hours, but now I can spin in enemies. It's not the most interesting thing in the world, but it's better than like this weird dipping thing I was doing. Like whoop whoop, that wasn't helping by the way at all. This the the dipping move was still getting me my ass kicked. So, um, you mean the swim down button? No, they tell you to press R for like uh, evade or whatever. It's the da- dodge. The, yeah, the dodge. Yeah, the dodge. The dodge. I found the dodge to be... Comp- Until I got this spinning attack, where like you spin forward like a torpedo, I found the dodge to be utterly useless, personally. Oh, the dodge is incredibly the, the useful. The dodge is like... You need 60% it. of the com- combat. Yeah. No, I just... Yeah, no, matter how, no matter what I did, if I dodged, I just couldn't get a good flow, and I felt like they were just... Are you, were you guys playing with a controller or a mouse and yeah, keyboard? Yeah, with a controller. controller. Yeah. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah, like you can tell when they're about to lunge at you and you just barely dodge out of the way and you can get in three or four good chomps out of them until they uh, recover from their lunge and uh, you kind of start the process over again. Um, but As the, one does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, I, I will say that quest you're talking about is not signpost posted well enough. Um, it is, it's in the quest log. It pops up whenever it happens. It's like, I did have to look for it. Yeah. I'll admit that, but, but there, cause there's but nowhere to mark yeah, like, it. Exactly. If you, if you didn't look at it right away, it disappears. It's not on your map. You have to go into your logbook to figure out what else you need to do. What you still need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that could have been handled better, uh, because, because of that reason, because yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where we kind of, we got into this on Anthem when that came out about the one quest where halfway through the game you need to go do all these other things and if if you hadn't been kind of screwing around and figuring out the combat beforehand you get to that part and it's just like a ton of stuff you have to all of a sudden do all at once and it's just it it really slows down the progression and this is a sort of thing that just if 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 you're really into it it's fine it's not a hurdle at all but if you're not it's going to be the sort of thing that it's going to stop people from finishing the game and they need to do whatever they can to make sure that that doesn't come The only up. change they need is to make that stay on your screen. Yeah, exactly. Like, it it's not a big change. It's just like, quest. what are you supposed to do? What's my quest? Like it, yeah, like it pops up whenever you're in the zone to do a quest, just have it stay up or have it pop up every minute or so. Like, do you, you remember what you're supposed to be doing? Like, it's, yeah. there's so many ways they could have gone about fixing a major progression. It seems like a weird oversight. There, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that's something that they, they... there was. It's not... I don't think it was a big issue because, like, we, like, we, we, were, we, we were kind of doing that on our own anyway. Uh, it's the sort of thing that if, if you screw on long enough, you'll accidentally do it. Yeah. But... It does really slow they down should still the story. Telegraph it. They should yeah. still they should still make it more obvious. Yeah, so. yeah. At at the end of the day, I think to kind of wrap this conversation up because uh, I think we're kind of getting to the end here. That there are a lot of elements that this game does right or does adequately. I think 
for me, and I understand because you guys didn't experience this, a lot of other people have, the 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 bugs are inexcusable, and I think that alone makes this a bad mm-hmm. game. Um, the fact that they still haven't been fixed, uh, they haven't been addressed, is... It's different from something like Ori, which makes the game... like or, It made Ori much more difficult to play, but Ori was still a phenomenal game. And the only reason why I compare it to that is because they both had very bad bugs and they're yeah. they've both been released this year yeah uh, this like this yeah. literally shut my system down so many times and the reason why i the bit one of the biggest reasons why i kept playing it was for this podcast like i was i was so many times during that i was like you know what i'm going to get this fucking game refunded because i spent 40 dollars for it to shut down 16 times that's absolutely unacceptable but i wanted to make sure that i did my best to have as impartial uh, of an opinion on this and to have as complete of an opinion as I can. I think in the past I haven't done a good job of that, so I personally wanted to make sure that I did as good of a job on that as I could. That being said, uh, I've, I've already noted some of the issues I have here. I still believe that those are major issues. Um, I, I've tempered a little bit of my frustration from last week. Obviously, I still think those issues need to be fixed. And I still think that um, cer- certain mechanics should not have been included in the game because they're not necessary. They're not yeah, useful. That, yeah, we, we, we went on the focus thing last oh, week. But that, there was no reason for it. I, like, I was saying it, it helped for like the launching things, but it's not even necessary for that because it'll still throw it towards wherever you're moving. You can just aim the yeah. camera towards it. It not having that to be a distraction from what you're actually supposed to do in the combat would be great. It it kind of oddly enough, like we we've gone the whole Shark Souls thing a bunch. It's that's kind of another trap in that game in in Dark Souls where you're like, oh, there's a lock on, and it makes sure that I'm always facing the enemy for my attacks, and then it'll get you killed by something else you don't see. Uh, I mean, it's not the same case yeah. as, like, as far as what will kill you, but it, it is another one of those mechanics that just, like, if you think this is how it's supposed to work, it's going to lead you down a path that will just make everything harder than it needs to be for you. Um, yeah. I, I will say that the further you get into the game, the quote-unquote um, lock-on mechanism that they introduced makes a lot more sense much later into the game when you're facing orcas and then they're ham- hammerhead sharks swimming around you, but then you have a fucking whale to the left of you and then you have some Mako sharks and great whites off in the distance too. It makes a lot more sense to have the lock-on system the way it does. But I still think the way that they introduced it into the tutorial was the wrong way to introduce that. And um, yeah. I still think n- for almost the entire game you don't need that mechanic until the last little section so um i i think i think where i stand on this is i said it last week it's not worth 40 dollars. i'm gonna say it again it's not worth 40 dollars. uh the bugs granted if you're lucky to not experience any bugs um even then i still don't think it's a 40 dollar game i think it's a 30 dollar game uh there needed to be some more polish and there needed to be a little bit more of a, a variety in the loop for me to say it was worth $40. 
And like I said last week, there are games that have really set that price point that I think are much more worth your time. So I still think there's fun to be had in this game. I think if they improve on the issues, it is worth your time. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not worth to purchase right at all. For me, I'm going to say it's not worth to purchase right now. But keep an eye on it within the few months when they work out the bugs and maybe they work out some of the other issues, like some of the visual issues I had on on my console or um, Morgan had. Yeah. Then maybe it's worth more. Yeah. One other thing, just since we're talking about actual issues and not the horrible bugs, which those are issues, but they're not like fundamental, you know, this is the game sort of things. It's it's just shit that needs to be ironed out. Um, Especially near the end when you're on the gulf, um, the way the game handles asset streaming is on a per zone basis. And a lot of times when you're swimming between zones quickly and just more than one zone, like you'll, you'll swim in like four zones in 10 seconds, um, uh, because they're just, you're hitting the corners of them as you're going through there. Occasionally you'll hit a loading screen and it'll have to stream in the new zone. And you're like, not going anywhere. And it, like they should have figured out a better way to handle loading those assets in other than just a strictly per zone basis, which works perfectly at the beginning because they're all in canals and stuff um, that, that don't really cause any issues. But, but near the end of the game, because it's way more open down on the Gulf, it, it becomes noticeable that they kind of went with the easiest solution there and it, doesn't work for what they're trying to do um and that was kind of annoying like there were there were quick loads they were like two second like like you'd switch zones and it would you know pop up a screen and immediately go away but still it was one of those things like why is this why is this here um yeah i i you know for me because i think it's the console versus your guys' PC, those load screens were a little bit longer than two seconds for me. I think some of them hit up to 10 seconds. And it's actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was one point I forget, forgot to talk about last week and this week mm. is, yeah, like when you're crossing between some zones later in the game, you get hit with a load screen and it, it kind of takes you out of the experience because like you might even be in the middle of a chase or you might be like running away or you might you be, in the, be in the middle of a fight. fight. Yeah. And if you're crossing between zones, you'll get hit with a loading screen in between that. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> this is not the time we need a load screen. And yeah, yeah and I'm sure they were longer for you. But like Josh was saying, like two seconds for us and that's enough to break it up and be jarring. It's still enough because especially a, there are a lot of missions right near the edges of those zones. So you'll you'll hit them yep. a few times in the middle of a quest or something you're doing. And it's like. Like I, I get it was the easiest solution, but they should have taken another pass at at the way they handled that just to make the end of the game less frustrating on that front. Because there, there was there there are better sure. ways to handle it. They they could they could have figured something out a little better than what they did there. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other standing thoughts, but I think this is a good place to end it. We'll have to check back in with uh Morgan when he has played more of the game. I'm actually, I don't know if he announced it. I, I'm going to do temporary host duties. He again had a child emergency, so I'm going to be taking over like last week. Um, but we'll check back in with Morgan. Tonight to see on NBC, child emergency. That child emergency. 
Uh, we'll be checking back in with him, though, uh, in the following weeks to see if he has uh, enjoyed the game more. But anyways, we are going to switch gears. Um, we're going to do a very quick hitter. Rich played a game about bugs. Let's talk about that. I, I was Rich, really hoping you were going to find a nice segue and go, speaking of unforgivable bugs. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I was sticking with the NBC reporter. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Thing that you just That's... set up for me, but uh, I'm so I'm sorry I disappointed you after you led a no, horse it's... to the to the water. I know. I just you know it's been in the back of my head for a few minutes now because we were talking about so many bugs. But uh, yeah, some of you might have tuned in to my stream uh, this past Thursday evening where I played a little bit of Bug Fables. Um, this actually launched on PC back in November. Made its way to uh switch and um ps4 and xbox one what would be when you're listening to this last week um it's what i'd been following since like 2017 via kickstarter or whatever format it was put up basically looked at as a spiritual successor to classic paper mario by classic paper mario i mean paper mario and paper mario and the thousand year door Mm -hmm. um its art style is very clearly lifted from that uh, just looking at it, you could see uh, that it, it's going for that. Unlike Paper Mario, it doesn't really explain its uh, its papercraft look, but it's fine. It's it's going for that look. Um, and the deeper you get into it, the more clear it is taking way more than just the look of Paper Mario. It's taking pretty much the everything of it. Um, you have three party members, uh, a beetle, a moth, and a bee. And all of their abilities in a this turn-based RPG are essentially timing-based. So wait, so the Magus sisters from Final Fantasy X is what you're playing as? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it, all the attacks are timing-based, essentially. Uh, the Beetle character, for example, his he attacks with his horn. You hold down the thumbstick and release it at the right time to do more damage. Um, you can basically just kind of hit an attack, but much like Paper Mario, you're not going to get very far unless you actually learn the mechanics behind each character's attacks and specials and combo moves. Um, it, it has a leveling system, but it's not an, on a per character basis. You just have one overall level, uh, that supports your party. And then again, lifted directly from Paper Mario, uh, to buff your party, you have a metal system, which one of the statue up is your metal points which you can then use to equip a variety of metals that will boost your attacks, whether they make X character do more damage, make uh, this character more resistant to sleep. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff to kind of tool around with it. Uh, the story is pretty so light and simple. Very, very RPG-inspired combat. Then yeah, it, it's a turn-based RPG with some uh, timing-based like puzzle mechanics to kind of make it more active. Okay. Okay. So what is like what is the the story in this? Like what what is what is the point um, of controlling three bugs? You start off as uh Kabu who is this uh beetle. Um and he is going off to basically there are these bug explorers, like they're sort of a guild you're a part of. And when it starts off, it gives you a little bit of backstory about uh the subtitle of the game is it's Bug Fables the Everlasting Sapling. So the the ant queen Eliza ant uh has been searching for <laughs> the yeah thank you. oh my goodness oh man 
man. It's it's pretty great. Um, has been searching for the everlasting sapling, which is basically the bug fountain of youth. Um, okay. and she, she is uh got all these bugs uh going off on quests. They become adventurers. Uh, they usually go in groups of two. The main character Kabu meets this bee uh, named V, who can't seem to get a partner to go with him because he's a little bit brash and kind of an asshole. Uh, so you end up meeting him, and since you also don't have a partner, and no one will give you an explorer's, uh, you know, permission to go explore these ruins unless you have a, a partner, you end up teaming up together, and you go into these ruins. The first dungeon is called Snakemouth Den. Um, in Snakemouth Den, you encounter a third character, this moth, uh, who ends up also joining you named Leaf. Is it a giant dead snake, and you're walking to its mouth? It is... No, I don't believe it was. It was just shaped like a snake mouth, but that's a cool concept. Uh, you do fight a spider in there, though. That was pretty neat. Um, so, basically, people keep talking about a snake mouth then is a death trap, uh, and no one's gotten this artifact out of there. They're looking for these artifacts that will hopefully eventually lead them to the everlasting sapling. Naturally, because it's so dangerous and no one's ever succeeded, you get it on your first try. Um, hmm. So you're then... You're then that's dubbed... Kind of funny. Yeah, they they then give you special permission to, unlike the rest of the teams, actually have three members. Everyone else normally has two. So Kabu, Leaf, and V become Team Snakemouth, and they start getting sent off on this journey by the Queen to locate uh, other artifacts. And that's actually what I played on stream last night. I did the second dungeon. Uh, so I got a hold of the second artifact and sort of progressed a little bit further. And now I'm heading off to the Bee Kingdom, but... It's this bug-based world with, like, all these different kingdoms, and they've been introducing different characters. Like, there's a wasp kingdom that seems to have some sort of evil implication. There's a bee kingdom. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. That's really cool. That Like, I was telling you privately, that sounds a lot like a game I backed on Kickstarter uh, last year called Small Saga. They sound very similar in terms of what they're trying to do. And I can tell you right now, like, I was so excited to see that game like get funded and it just has a ton of character and a ton of love. And that's kind of what this, it's uh, this, this charming game as hell. Like. It, yeah, like exactly. some of my favorite things it to notice like are like, yeah, like, like the town designs. Cause again, it's all bugs. So like you're in this ant kingdom and like all the buildings are just, you know, overturned cardboard boxes and like food containers. Um, there's a banking system and the bank is just a big gumball machine. <laughs> that's uh, fucking awesome like there, there's some really smart design stuff there it's all really cool it's gonna be really cool to hear um kind of how the story develops the further you get into it like you're talking about it really yeah, makes I've done me the first pick two... it up to play it i think it's 25 bucks uh for anyone who's interested and the uh like i did the first two dungeons and i want to say i put five or six hours in it seems like it's a pretty big game just based off looking at the the map, I've only explored one very small corner of it. Okay. Okay. Well, there you guys go. If like if you have played the Final Fantasy remake and you're like, God damn it, I need some more RPG in my life. Take a look Bug at fables. um this new game that Rich is talking about. Yeah. About bugs. Yeah. And Morgan's back in action. Um his child uh stopped trying I... to skydive <clears throat> off the roof of their house and uh he's here. That was nice of her. Oh yeah, you're talking about the thing she was wearing, that weird fluffy thing. <laughs> it looked I, like no, a skydiving no, suit. I was, just, I was making some random shit up. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yes, we'll those... go with that. Her, her his daughter like... let the hostages go. 
She's in one of those like thick sleeper suits, um, but she sucks right now because it's summer. So I had to like, uh, mm-hmm. it's the only thing she likes to sleep in. So I have the back door open and the window open, and I had to stick my head out. It cooled down from the man eater discussion. It was getting too heated. I had to stick my head out the window, <sighs> get a nice breeze. Uh, everything's good. Happy to be back. It's all good, man. It's- it's all right. We ended it on a good note. We, uh, while you're gone, we decided that we we're gonna do a giveaway for a free man eater game for anybody who uh, hasn't picked up the game. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I just really want to see that game on PC now because I'm just like maybe the PS4 version is just complete and other garbage. Who knows? Um, there's it no is. way of knowing. So. Yeah, that's what I said. I said while you're gone, basically, we'll check back in with you in the coming weeks to see how you like it, and then we moved on to. Uh, Rich's bug game. So, um, there. I. How many yeah, games okay. are there next, Morgan? There are like a ton. No, I. I think this week the, the next one we had was just we wanted to hit Josh's uh, time he spent with Wildfire, um, and it's so Wildfire was a, a game released recently that Josh was talking about, and again in the vein of Josh playing games you probably haven't heard of, he streamed it this week, uh, and. He's described it as a stealth game, but it didn't. It doesn't look like one from the promotional material. So, um, yeah, you, and you said Load Runner. What, what's going on? It is. Um, it can be a stealth game. I guess is the best way to put that. Um, it's a game where you are not particular. You, you don't really have any combat capabilities. Um, mm-hmm. You can kill enemies by like scaring them and you know frighten them like. Basically, the first time they see you, if they're not, like, from far off and they can tell that they're, um, they've got, like, a lot of similar, you know, stealth mechanics, like, you know, as they see you, like, a little meter will fill up until they finally recognize you and come to check it out, um, and then, like, above that, they recognize you and will get into combat, um, but if you, like, sneak up right behind somebody and then they turn around and you're right there it'll startle them before they get into combat and if you like one of my favorite things to do is if if you like do that so you're just right behind them as they turn around while they jump back if you have them turn around at the edge of a cliff like to get their attention like that they'll just they'll hop backwards off a cliff um but it is it is it is a side scrolling sort of puzzly stealth game is um with with the the big gimmick in this one being that you can control uh different elements uh at the beginning of the game you get the ability to control fire and that's kind of how it works at the beginning and then you eventually get the ability to control water and then after that earth um i think i think the closest thing i can compare it to is actually Gunpoint, which is another stealth game, but in that one you're you're hacking different building systems, um, and it's it's another very similar sort of uh, exploiting the world sort of a, a stealth game in order to get the enemies to do what you want them to do. Um, huh. I'm trying to think of a comparable example. Yeah, Gunpoint is it's probably another one that's not very common, but that was that was <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, yeah. Another amazing, it amazing sounds game. Interesting um, though. That, like I always like those environmental stealth games. Like, what's that one that came out during the 360 era that was kind of oh, fuck? There's this um, one like where you control this like anthropomorphic character. If I 
vaguely remembering. It was kind of like an isometric view. Um, it was a stealth oh. game. You would like hide in barrels and stuff, and this very vague memory just hit what me. What was it? What was it? It's is another indie game. I know that. Is it? Does, yeah. Was it's it? Not gonna was come. it? Three D? You said it was isometric. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm. I. I yeah, yeah. The, the, it's not here like, for me either. But, vague, um, yeah, vague memory of that. But that's what it kind of sounds like to me. Um, where basically, again, in that game, you're also using the environments to be stealthy as well. So, whatever that fucking random game is, <laughs> whatever what it, it is, somebody of. will know. But um, yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool because it's just to get through the level the first time can take a long time, um, because you have to understand the level you have to understand where the enemies are going to be where um just just the level in itself like even it's less so the enemies like you have to like the enemies are the obstacle but understanding the level so you can figure out how to yeah. how to exploit it is such a huge deal that okay. a lot of these levels have taken me like a half an hour for like my first like 20 minutes half hour for my first time through them um but one of the really cool things about it is on each level, you have a bunch of different optional objectives that you can do, um, like to not be seen. Like you, you don't have to play it completely as a stealth game, um, but you you can. So like you have an objective to not be seen through the whole level, and they all have um, like other 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 optional objectives. Some some Does that are unique to the level, and then all others like the not being seen one, the not killing anyone. Uh, the, and, and, and a speed run are the same on all of them. And you'll go from so like. So they're just a, added challenges, right? Yeah, added challenges, but you get like skill points for them at the end of the level. Um, okay. Uh, but, but, so it adds but, to your overall score. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. but like it's one of those okay. things where like a level the first time through can take a half hour. And then once you've learned that level that well, you'll get a speed, a speed run that's like beat this in 90 seconds. Oh, shit. and and you'll know the level well enough to do it that's crazy Damn. well what's your incentive uh, yeah, for that's... doing those those harder objectives like do you get anything for it or is it just like self-satisfaction well, you get skill points for you've got you've got the, the three different elements that you're leveling up that all have um there are like uh these shrines where you can pick which one you want to level up in each of the levels so you can level up mm -hmm. one of those and then all the bonus objectives that you do give you like your spirit upgrades, which are kind of your just your general ability, which uh, is stuff like uh, how far you can throw any of the elements you're controlling, or how how far away you can grab one of those elements from. Um, yeah, just kind of general overall. None none of them are none of them are actually huge upgrades, so it's like. All all these all these things are not like if you're not doing the optional stuff, it's not gonna make it like oh it's 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 just gonna be completely un unplayable. It's gonna be it's gonna be way too hard at the end. They're not like these massive upgrades. Um, they're they're way more of just the challenge for the challenge challenge sake. Um, but it sounds I, I like think... a good it sounds like a good way to just open up speedrunning as well to anybody who's ever been interested in that. Mm -hmm. Like kind of sets yeah. you up for that in general. Like if you want to do it in any other video game that's ever existed, this is seems like kind of a 
a way to just um, initiate you into that experience. Yeah, and it's it's especially good for that because, like I said, the the um, just for the game itself, but especially for the speed runs, it's about understanding the level itself and and figuring out, okay, like if I go this way, this will be my path, and like I can I can shave off however many seconds by going this way and t- tackling this thing from a different way than I did the first time. Um, and that is so satisfying to get one of those. Um, yeah. It sounds very much like a Josh game at the end of the day. Not that like nobody else would enjoy it. I just, it very much fits the style of game that you like. So that's, that's pretty. Yeah. Makes a lot yeah, of sense. I've, I've, I have loved the variety of, of, uh, challenges on each level just mm-hmm. as different ways to tackle them some of them are way harder than others some of some of the optional challenges will like i mean obviously a speed running is doing something completely different than usual um but other of them other other objectives will be like doing things that are making it way harder for you um like i had one of them um where you the, the the objective was to burn all the buildings in the game on your way through okay um, which is a going style. to attract the attention of everything nearby so that's already making it harder and then it's also throwing off you know your pathing through the level so you have to think about how you're going to handle a situation if you just burnt down the building that was behind you um yeah and there's there's a lot of stuff like that where it will just make you recontextualize how you're even going to get through a level to accomplish the this weird objective they just gave you and and they're optional like you don't have to do that if you don't want to but i've i've really enjoyed that all those objectives do make you think about the level in a different way yeah, that's really cool because then that gives you kind of multiple experiences through the same one level, which I think is, I think that's important. Like you don't always need this vast variety of different things in your game. Sometimes you just need to kind of change the objective to make it a completely different game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you hear about this? What's the lineage? And if you mention that, I'm sorry. How How does Josh find out about Wildfire? Um... It's one I'd kind of been following a little bit just because of the, uh, like, I, I, I think I saw a trailer for it at some point. I don't remember how long okay. ago, like a year or so, but um, maybe, probably not even that long. But um, because I liked Gunpoint so much is kind of why I latched onto this one, because it's got the same sort of um, stealth, but you're manipulating the world sort of vibe to it. Which mm-hmm. that that's another one. I'm that, that since you guys hadn't heard about that one, I don't know. I think that may have come out between Gunpoint? podcasts for us. Where I I don't I don't I don't Rich, remember. Uh, have you ever heard of Gunpoint before? Uh, I have for sure heard the name. Um, I actually weirdly enough, you know what? I think I let me let me check this. I could verify this for you right now. I might uh, own the entire Gunpoint collection. I, I wanted the one to game. Say, <laughs> I wanted Rich to say he reviewed it. That's what I wanted him to say. <laughs> no, I, no, no. Seriously, though, it's. I do think I demoed uh, Gunpoint at an event. 
I was you probably did. Early. Gunpoint was the like another side-scrolling stealth game, but it was by Tom Francis, who was did it have like that noir sort of? Yeah, look it's to a it? noir. Yeah. Yep, I one hundred percent played that. Mm-hmm. And that one, that one's another one, and kind of kind of in the same vein that I just I love whenever they're. I like stealth games that aren't just. So many stealth games end up being so samey because we've kind of figured out the genre as far as the AAA space is concerned, mm-hmm. and and they haven't. They they, they really haven't. Um, and a lot of the indie takes on it are just so much stronger, so much stronger stealth games between like mm. Gunpoint, uh, Mark of the Ninja. Um, I don't think stealth is thought of as being a very mainstream genre that's going to sell, and I think that's probably why you see more creativity in the indie space for stealth you know yeah yeah like the triple a space seems to have kind of weirdly enough their stealth stagnated. games are mostly action games dis- like mm-hmm. wearing the the guise of a stealth game yeah yeah like Sekiro yeah which actually had some interesting stealth but yeah I know what yeah. you mean for sure. Okay, cool. Wildfire. I was looking I was trying to figure out who if there was somebody involved in the game that had like a big lineage and they'd broken off from another studio or something. Um so I was checking out the the Kickstarter page and I wasn't super familiar. So the main guy, Daniel Hines, is the creator of Sneaky Bastards. Um and yeah, I guess he, I don't see anything specifically that he had made before, but I was just kind of looking into the Kickstarter. Sometimes you see those people branch off from like people from Bioshock branched off to make, you know, void bastards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, void bastards is so good. A lot of bastards, sneaky bastards, void bastards, a lot of bastards. <laughs> um, <laughs> they created bastard. stealth jam in 2012. Whatever Stealth Jam is. Stealth Jam, that classic a, Space Jam spinoff. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like NBA Jam, but like you're invisible. It's great. Um, all right, Wildfire. Uh, let's see. Okay, and I think that's probably good for this week. And we'll have some more next week because we still have to get to. Uh, we have to do this special thing for our patrons. Shout outs here in just a moment. And we don't have any polls this week. I'm just going to run through the results. So it's a nice breezy week for us there. We already talked about come earlier. Um, so we, we filled our quota of come, <laughs> if you will. Um, so some of these results will upset you. And some C-O-M-E of them C-O-M-E not... come. Got him. Zing. Zambo. Fuck off. Move on. Zambaloony. I will say in the history of polls. Zambalamba jam. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know, it, there's always time for redemption. C-U-M, Shay. C-U-M. Um, anywho, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly with brief pauses so everyone can say one or two quick things that, you know, just shout something out. Ah! Ah! Prostate! All right. Which series do you prefer? Silent Hill or Resident Evil? 75% of the audience said Resident Evil. Bambalamba Jam. Not surprising. Uh, better character. This is this proves Final Fantasy VII people are nutty. Cloud won seventy-seven percent to twenty-three percent score. Yeah, that was the right answer, baby. I'm not saying it's the wrong answer. I'm just saying, wow, that's a percentage. Seems like what, you baby? what were you saying then? If not that, Final Fantasy VII people are killing me. Which character do you prefer, Banjo the Bear? The Banjo Bear or the Rodent in Jorts? So it's Crash Bandicoot versus Banjo-Kazooie, of course. 
60% of the audience with Crash Bandicoot. You still lost after trying to frame that poorly. You tried to frame, frame that in your favor and you still lost. How does it feel? I, cho- I chose Crash Bandicoot on the podcast. That's you, the game about said, John uh, Cena, right? I think the banjo game is the games are probably better, but as far as like a character, I would be it would be I would betray Crash Bandicoot if I just suddenly went away from him at this you point. You ever seen a bandicoot? They look nothing like that. <laughs> they are rodents, right? Can we confirm they're rodents? I just... They're I think so. I didn't really care that I think they're marsupials. Bandicoots are marsupials. Love Crash Bandicoot. I want a new Crash Bandicoot game. Which is better? Uncharted or Tomb Raider? This was a thrashing. Uh, Uncharted won 73% to the Tomb Raider reboots. Which is a complete walloping. Which is, yeah, that's fair. This one was closer. Uh, 57% went with Mass Effect over KOTOR. Um, Not a huge surprise there, but it was more competitive. This one was tied up until the last hour, and then for some reason Geralt pulled ahead of Snake. 52% to 48%, which gives Shay a little vindication there. As Josh shakes his not head. much. I it's mean, not it's, even pretty a much 50, it's pretty much fifty yeah. percent to fifty percent. So, uh-huh. uh huh. Sixty percent of our audience went with Laura Croft. I'm sorry, Tomb Raider over Alloy. Is it Alloy, Alloy. or you say Alloy? Alloy. Alloy. Um, yeah. I will say I had a funny conversation with one of our patrons, Daniel. He was like, "Her name's Laura Croft," and I'm like, "No, it's like Batman. Laura Croft is just a woman, but Tomb Raider is Lara Croft." What? Oh, don't even don't even get me <laughs> that's, going. That's her name. Uh, incorrect. Um, you can't get angry just because you're wrong. What's mm-hmm. the... <laughs> It'll be the first audio poll. Lara or Laura? Um, Rich, what's the Batman quote? If you can become more than a man, you can become an ideal? You're a Batman. An, I- an idea. Become an idea. Yeah. That's Tomb Raider. Congratulations. Uh, 51% of our audience did not know Jaws Unleashed existed a game it does it really does uh 68 of our audience took ratchet over sly which is unfortunate nobody gives sly any love and josh you'll be really sad about this 60 percent of the audience took dante over uh bayonetta so i figured as much the series has gone on for forever at this point so yeah just yeah just Poor longer bayonetta for- to be fair, on there. Devil May Cry games aren't even about Dante anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're wrong, or... Josh? No, they're wrong. He's not as good of a character, but yeah, like it so, makes sense. So you're saying the audience was wrong in this poll, correct? Much yeah. like they were wrong on the uh, the cum poll. No, no. I think a cum poll is just called a shit. penis. Then I believe that they're right. That Dante was the one who fairly won. Moving on. We can do this all Shay, we can do this all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, you, do we really and I, and I'd really prefer we didn't. <laughs> well, um, all right, that is it. So thank you for everyone who voted. Next week we'll have some real polls, but we do a very special thing right now for our patrons, the people that support us at the $3 or above tier. It's called Shoutouts, where we do a little play, a little presentation, a little story, where we incorporate our patrons. Gentlemen, take A loud splash emanates from the vast water as a cacophony of screaming voices and blaring sirens go off. Oh my god! Help me! Uh, I guess I can't take my graduation photos here now.
four brave men with hunting gear shepherd the fleeing people into a large building and shut the doors. I've never seen one so huge. Ah, reminds me of a time when I stuffed some cooked taters into a sports bra, chucked it down the maternity ward. What the hell are you talking about, mister? I'm talking about the tater fetus. (laughs) Anyways, the the four brave men (laughs) attempt to quickly restore order to avoid their possible untimely demise. Danny P, I need you to round up the Rev, Dan W, Ivan, and Gil Beasy. Start bolting the doors and board up the windows. Jehu 1, I need you to grab Curtis, Matt, John, Lisa, Epidemic, Zach, Zach H, and Jason. Start searching for anything we can bandage people with, any kind of medical supplies. Go! Justin, Wall, I need you to gather Vince, Sam, Tom, Chance... Tony, Stefan, Chris Avele, Cy, Eric, <laughs> Howard, Corn Space, Kane, Zach G, and Ryan. <laughs> Check the others to see if there are any other injured or any who need some comfort. <laughs> Curse of Lele. All right. Sorry, Curse of Lie. <laughs> this happens every time he reads that name. I know, that's the fun joke, come on, it's amazing. I know. And then he said Tony as well instead of Tani. Tani? Tony? Tani. Tani. Tani's not a real name. It sounds pretty real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. They're getting special treatment this week. Fletch and Paul, I need you two to take these pistols and guard... Sorry, was he Jason? You're guard the Tanis. All right. Let's start this over again since we got Should we just take it from the top? Well, no, I'm, I think we... Anyway. Fletch and Paul, I need you to take these pistols and guard the entrances. With their plans set in motion. My leg! The four, the four brave individuals sprung to action. They ran out the front entrance, and doors were bolted behind them. People were still running through the streets. Chaos ensued. Oh my god. Shark! A massive 20-foot-long shark hopped out of the air, raining water droplets onto the shore and into the streets. She slammed down onto the asphalt with nary a concern for safety. Her body was giving off an electrical current. Her fins looked as if they were black holes. A piece was fitted onto the shark's eye, almost as if the shark was a Borg assimilator. The shark opened its mouth, showing an extra set of teeth made of bone. The shark hopped around, devouring prey and ignoring the need for oxygen. The four heroes started shooting and shooting, attempting to kill the fiend. Die, you son of a bitch! Looks like the shark fin soup is on the menu tonight, boys. What the hell was that townsperson on about a tater fetus? (laughs) The shark 
took note of the pinpricks from the bullets. She grabbed a human and flung it at the four heroes, knocking them over like a set of bowling pins. She began to hop over and... Wait, what the hell are you doing? No! No, wait! You can't! You can't eat me! I'm the narrator! This goes against conventional storytelling! No! Oh, Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! She's eating my fucking legs! Oh my fucking God! I can, I can see the bone! Stop! No! I want to say thank you to every one of the patrons for uh, supporting us this month um, and supporting us uh, throughout the years. Seriously, thank you guys so much. Um, I wanted to add something. I didn't really talk with the other guys. Um, I got into a very big Twitter argument yesterday because um, I, I tweeted out showing our support for the current situation going on right now. and. Um, Basically, I uh, through our twi Twitter was called into question our our um, that basically we were trying to farm clicks and support by doing that, and also that I was abusing our platform by doing that. And so, uh, our patrons, I I you know discussed it with them privately, but they were very supportive uh, through that, and we kind of talked it out basically on our discord and stuff and it's just nice to know that like we have some of the best fans in the world who are always supportive of us who've always kind of just let us talk about what we want to talk about and don't feel entitled to change the show because they support us financially um and support us with their time and uh the point of me telling that story is basically saying that we have the best fans in the world because they've always been incredibly supportive of us with whatever we want to talk about uh if you've been here on the show for a while you know that we don't shy away from topics when we feel compelled to talk about them whether it's coronavirus stuff whether it's when trump was elected or other things of that nature uh since the foundation of this podcast we've largely been about video games but we are also human and um we we whether or not we're qualified we talk about certain issues because they're on our minds and our fans have always been there to support us. And so I, I really want to say thank you to our amazing, amazing fans during this time. And one last thing before I pass it off to Morgan is I do want to say that uh, times are extremely, extremely difficult right now. I don't mean to break the entertainment section. I know a lot of people come here to be entertained and not to hear about real world situations and i respect that um just know that uh what's happening right now is a very difficult time obviously i don't need to be i i don't need to tell you that obviously what's going on and i'm not going to sit here and say just love one another even though i may believe that i i'm not going to tell people what to do during this time um we have very very different views and so I'm not, I'm not going to push that on anyone. Just, uh, I, I, I hope that people are safe out there to the best of their abilities. I hope that this doesn't stop the conversations that need to be had during this difficult time with a lot of things going on, not just in the U S but in the world. I, 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 
I, I'm a firm believer that these conversations need to continue and they need to continue without ad hominems or personal attacks because we need answers. And the second that the conversation stops is the second we uh, basically shy away from getting answers. So uh, I just hope everyone who listens to us is safe these next few weeks and coming months. Uh, whatever, wherever you stand on the issues that are currently happening, not just in the U.S., but in the world, and that um, we continue to have reasonable and logical discourse. And if yep. you want to be one of the best fans in the world, go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Because <laughs> we're... We, um, yeah, like you really took the wind out of the sails there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I thought it'd be appropriate timing. Uh, but no, but seriously, because you're not there yet. You're probably a good fan or a great fan, but you're not the best fan in the world until you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash swordtron. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> that is the worst pitch in the world. You're not the best fan until you spend money on us. That's hot garbage. Come Me on. a money needing a lot now. <laughs> me need money. My friends money may not me be now. able to have a <laughs> Me a money need. Um, so yes, go ahead and do that. Uh, thank you, uh, Josh, for being here from Michigan, uh, Rich for being here from New York, Shay from Japan. Of course, I'm here from Montana, and we will hopefully survive to be here next week for an all new Chompcast. See you then. <laughs> Thank you.